friend? Talk radio? Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Okay. Mamma mia. Yeah. Mamma mia. Finally, it is freed up and taken along by Darren Helm. Nuts to the back. Turn around shot at block. Two on one. Moving ahead is Malkin. It's got Crosby. Can't get it there. The net. He March 1st, I am Bruce Bataglia of Puck77.com. And I'm James Cole of Puck77.com. There it is. Getting those uh, intros nice and tight. Yeah, you're, get, you're getting them down pretty good. good. You're doing a good job now. Good. We don't have to crank you up like you're uh, like you're working on like NPR or something like that. C-SPAN. You sound like someone who's like, and the Speaker of the House is, uh, <laughs> will now come to the floor. Uh, Senator... Uh, Condoleezza Rice. Well, she's not a senator, but... It's feeling good, you know? It's crank me up and... Crank crank me up like it's NASCAR, eh? Crank yeah. it up. Yeah. yeah. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Let's get casting. Let's get who? Casting. Casting. Podcasting. Okay. We're a podcast. Uh, yeah. Is that the proper nomenclature, is casting? Y- yeah. Or potting? Potting. I, I think mm. recording, maybe, but... <laughs> Uh, speaking of nomenclature, I wanted to ask you a question, because uh, uh, a debate came up in, in a group chat that I have with some friends, and former guest of the podcast, Cody Fraser, had had an interesting opinion. When he wants someone to send him an email, what what word would you use other than send? Like, are you like, a, shoot me an email? Uh, you fire know, me off an email? Fire me, an, fire me off an email? Fire off some emails, That's maybe? not bad. Yeah. Okay. Um, Anything else come to mind? Maybe you draft some emails. Draft me an email. Draft draft some emails this afternoon. Okay. Reply to some emails. Reply me an email. Am I I getting too far out of the sphere? Well, um, Cody Fraser's a big fan of the flip me an email, which I have never heard before, and I'm not... Like a coin? Sort of. Like, yeah, you flip it. Flip me the email. Uh-huh. Which I'm not really sure if that makes any sense. I'm going to go on record as saying no. No? That's not a that's not a way to describe an email what being do you, sent. What do you end an email with? Like, what's your email etiquette? Is there anything you, like, stay away from? Are you a sincerely guy? Regards? I'm, I'm usually a cheers guy. Cheers? See, I like yeah. cheers, too. And that, that's what we're talking about on the group chat is, if it's, is cheers. If it's slightly more professional, I'll probably just end it with regards. But yeah, like I'm, I'm a cheers of or regards. Cheers. Yeah. Do you ever do sincerely? No, I don't like sincerely. It's no. dated. It was yeah, my thought. It's like fair. it's just like, you know what I mean? It's it's. I've also done sincerely. I've also done best a few times. Best is okay. Just best. But yeah, I've worked away from that. So yeah, I'm trying to. I only really do regards if I don't like the person. Otherwise, it's cheers. Yeah, usually. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Cheers, James Cole, St. Thank Louis you. Blues, Puck seventy seven. Yeah. Crank it. Yeah. 
crank it up. Um, have you been any anything new with you? Have you been watching anything or listening to new music? Anything anything to report? Wow, um, I don't I don't think so. No, I can't I can't place anything. Hmm. Um, no, no, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty steady as she goes at this point. You know, okay, we're in the heart of the season now, so it's it's grind time. Well, admittedly, this segue is uh, pretty selfish because I I haven't been watching anything new. But what I have been watching is uh, one of my favorite old shows, which is Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares. Ooh. The American version. I haven't watched the British version yet. I've been watching the uh, the American version. And uh, I gotta tell you, I didn't really think that there was going to be a way that this was going to come up on the podcast. But I, uh, I found a hockey-centric episode in which this dining room is reopening with the new menu and the new decor. And Gordon Ramsay's fixed the place. And he is invited the San Jose Sharks to come and eat dinner that night. So I think the best part is like they get the one owner. It's like a table side service. So they're like cutting the, cutting the prime rib at the side of the table kind of thing. And she's like super nervous cause she's never cut it before. And Ramsey's just like, fuck it. You're going to learn kind of thing. Like, you know what I mean? You're going to do this. And the look when she says, please don't order the prime rib. On the face of Mark Edward Vlasic, <laughs> maybe one of the more underrated moments in television history. Because he's kind of like, he looks over at Logan Couture, he's like, well, what's wrong with the fucking prime rib kind of thing? Like, what? Right up, there with, right up there with Jeff O'Neill's reaction to a Frederick Anderson save, perhaps? Sure, kind of yeah. like that. Okay. Uh, a cross between that and is there ketchup on this? Mm. It's a kind of a cross between it. Nice. Yeah. A couple... Jeff O'Neill trade deadline yeah. references there. That's yeah, nice. so That's it, nice. it's it's good. And the best part is the episode's from like 2012. So like oh, a lot of the awesome. sharks are still there, but there's like Douglas Murray Thornton's sitting. still got the beard too. Thornton's not there. It was only like half the oh, team. Yeah, okay. but it, it was still like Douglas Murray was there. Ryan Klo bought a bunch of jerseys for them to hang in the restaurant if they want. I hope they weren't Klo jerseys. I mean, I'm sure the restaurant was happy to have any jerseys. Yeah, it was a nice gesture. Didn't last I think long. the whole team signed the jerseys. Okay, like, I don't well, think... that no, that's better. That would yeah. be that would be super fucking weird if they brought one jersey <laughs> and it was just like Clo twenty nine, <laughs> like it's not even a blank jersey. No one signed it. He's like, I brought you one of my jerseys, and everyone else looks like an asshole. Yeah, yeah. No, there was like two or three jerseys. I think they were blank, and then they and then they signed them all. Nice. So it was kind of nice. It that's wasn't awesome. a nightmare. Ooh, more like a good dream. It's too bad they didn't serve shark. Yes, and the best part about it is, like, they only address them as the San Jose Sharks once. Mm. So, like, the narrator would just be like, it's getting crazy in the kitchen, and there are hungry sharks waiting. And it just, like, <laughs> show, it just, like, just shows, like, fucking, uh, I, I don't even remember, like, fucking, like, uh, oh, I'm trying to think who else it shows. There was, like, Couture, Vlasic, Douglas Murray, like, you couldn't, I couldn't really recognize some of the guys. Maybe Brian Campbell was there? Maybe? Okay. Yeah. Boyle? Maybe. I don't know. But it, honestly, it was fucking hilarious. Like, it was... There's hungry sharks. <laughs> yeah, there's hungry sharks waiting. And, like, Vlasic, like, checks his watch. There was one guy who did check his watch. And they're like, hmm, I wonder, like, where our food is kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, oh, that's awesome. But Mark Edward Vlasic steals the show. And I would strongly recommend watching the... The prime rib. The... Oh, fuck. What's the restaurant called? Spin a Yarn Restaurant or something? Mm. Spin a Yarn Steakhouse? I'll have to check it out if I'm ever in Napa Valley. Yeah. Yeah. You know what would be even funnier is if that restaurant was in, like, Colorado, but, like, the Sharks were the road team. Yeah. Instead of getting the Avalanche, right. you got the Sharks. Like, that. this restaurant was in Arizona. They're like, ah, we're not going to call the Coyotes. Yeah, the no, Sharks but... are in town. Right. Yeah. No, that'd be wild. 
they scheduled it so that way it would coincide with the sharks being in town because they really wanted the sharks. <laughs> Could you imagine? Yeah. Yep. Um, we're going to do a deadline recap this week. We are. Jimmy. Yeah. It's uh, the wheeling and dealing season and yep. uh, some deals were made and we're going to break some of those down. But first, <sighs> you know how much I love being quizzed. Got a little quiz for you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This one's uh, this one's very appropriate. It is a list of uh, list of players, and I want you to tell me whether or not they were traded on the deadline or not at some point in their career. Deadline day. I've I've or extended deadline it. season. I've I've extended it to within a forty eight hour period. So either like the day before or the okay. day of trade deadline. Okay. Uh, at some point in their career, I will tell you how many times they were traded in their career, if you would like. I need one clarification here. Yeah. Is there going to be a player that got traded like 49 hours before the deadline? Like, is there anyone who's no. like super close? No, it's, okay. it's either like multiple I'm just weeks. Just trying to make sure you're or... not you're not fucking me here kind no. of thing. Oh, no. no. I got you. Uh, there is also a, a bonus question at the end, uh, should you need it to pass. Uh, I'm going to set the, uh, I'm going to set it at 50% because this, this is a little tougher. So a 50 is a pass, oh, just buddy. like high school. You're, you're talking about a guy who sat at home and watched every trade center since like 2009. That's fair. Let's go. All right. Let's, let's do, do it. it. All right, number one. I'm going to start you out real easy. Justin Williams. Yes. Yes. Uh, March 4th, 2009. Deadline deal to the Los Angeles Kings in exchange for Patrick O'Sullivan and a second round pick who became Brian Dumoulin. Number two, Ray Bork. I'm going to say no. Uh, that is correct. Uh, it was a week before the deadline that he was dealt to okay. the Colorado Avalanche. See, and I'm willing to concede that my thought on that was I didn't think he had been traded during the season. I thought he played two full years in Colorado. Like, full seasons. You know, you're, in a, you're in a month or so, okay. yeah. Along with Dave Anderschuk, uh, in exchange for Martin Grenier, Sam Paulson, Brian Rolston, and a 2000 first-round pick, which was Martin Samuelson. Uh, so, not a... Not a whole lot going back to the Bruins. Uh, all right. How, how dare you talk that way about Samuel, Samuel Paulson, yeah. Bruins legend? Yeah. <laughs> Don't you forget it, folks. Yeah. Um, number three, Wayne Gretzky. Yes. Uh, no, that is uh, that is false. He was traded twice during his career. Uh, the second time, of course, was mid-season, February twenty seventh, nineteen ninety six, to the Blues. In exchange for Craig Johnson, Patrick Tardif, Roman Vopat. What was the deadline that year? Uh, March 20th. So Weird. almost a whole month before. Oh, was that the lockout year? Uh, 96? No. No, it oh. wasn't. Just a late. That's a weird. Yeah. Really late deadline. Um, so yeah. No uh, no deadline acquisition for Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, whatever. He's a hack. So you are, uh, you are two for three. Okay. All right. Number four. Martin Saint. Louis. I was honestly expecting there to be like a Daniel Sharntvist or something Ooh. like in here. Like you were just gonna give me Nicholas Someone. Nicholas Havlid. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh I'm trying to think how close to the deadline that Rangers trade was. I think I think it was deadline. I'm gonna say yes. Uh yeah, you are uh, you are correct. It uh treated March fifth, twenty fourteen to the Rangers, along with a second round pick, which was uh Olivier Callington. Uh in exchange Oliver for Shillington, you uh, mean? That's the one. <laughs> In exchange for Ryan you know, Callahan. The, you know, the sound a K makes. Yeah. Shillington. Right. Uh, Ryan Callahan, uh, a 2015 first-round pick, which turned out to be Anthony Beauvillier. A 2014 first-round pick, which turned out to be Josh Hosang. So apparently the Lightning just liked flipping firsts to the Islanders for some <laughs> reason. 
And uh, a seventh round pick that uh, Ziat Pagan, who I, I just like the name, so I thought I'd mm. include that. Okay. Um, so from from your favorite player to my favorite player, uh, number five, Gary Roberts. Hmm. Yes. Uh, that is correct. Uh, he was traded three times in his career, one of which uh, came February twenty seventh, two thousand seven, on deadline day when he was traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins from the Florida Panthers in exchange for Noah Welsh. <sighs> From the, the deal was one for one. Nice, nice, yeah. fairly, uh, fairly even trade for sure. Yeah. So you are, uh, you are, you're currently at four for five. So uh, you are off to off to a hot start here. You've got uh, one more to go to get the pass. Thank you. Lots of time. Uh, number six. Oh, I'm gonna play around with this next one. Nice. I'm gonna get it wrong on purpose. Now. Yeah, that's fair. Which in turn means I knew the answer. Keep the listeners, you yeah, know, in in suspense. Yeah. Uh, number number six, Paul Korea. Hmm. Let's go yes. No. And to my surprise, Paul Korea was never traded in his career. I I picked him because I figured he oh, like, yeah. you I know, got traded to like two Nashville or something and like, you know, might mess you up, but mm-hmm. uh, just never traded once. Okay. So that's that. That's kind of cool. Yeah. How many players can say that? Not many. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like play for a bunch of different teams right. too. Yeah. No, like unless you're a career guy, right? What do you play yeah. for? Four teams? Yeah, well, Colorado, 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 Anaheim, St. Louis, Nashville. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, not good bad. for him. Yeah, uh, number seven, our old pal Steve Korea, Dion Phaneuf. <laughs> you got three deals to work with. I'm gonna say no. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, never a deadline deal. Yeah, uh, always close. I've, I vividly remember all of these trades. Right. That's why he's one of those like "Where were you when he got traded?" type of guys. Because yeah, just a polarizing figure. January thirty first, February 9th, and February thirteenth. So you know, always in that in that realm, yeah. but never never a yeah. deadline guy. So yeah, you have officially passed. So now we're just playing with house money at this point. Beautiful. We've got three more to go. Cool. Uh, Roberto Luongo. No. Uh, he was, in fact, uh, traded on deadline day uh, in hmm. 2014 to the Florida Panthers, along with uh, Steve Anthony. Deadline day, wow. For Jacob Markstrom and Sean Matthias. So, Ugh. that is the second appearance Fucking... from the 2014 deadline on our list. I don't like Sean Matthias. Uh, number nine, Devin Dubnik. How come, how come Luongo didn't come up in your deadline recap? What trade did you pick for 2014? In my deadline recap. Yeah, la- or sorry, the uh, yeah the the best of last week, the top ten. Top ten players we traded on deadline day. You don't remember what we did last week? No, I have no idea. Are you losing it? <laughs> A little bit. Uh, to to quote Gordon Ramsay, have you lost the plot? Yeah, the marbles are gone. Holy fuck! What was our top ten last? Last week, week we did an episode in which the top ten was substituted for the most notable trade from the last ten ten deadlines. And I did several, and you picked one per deadline. You had the even years, so oh, you had twenty fourteen. Yeah, I can't remember who I picked for that. No, year, clearly but it you wasn't, can't. It you, wasn't, you can't even remember us having done like, a podcast. Luongo obviously just wasn't the most notable deal from that deadline. I guess, pro- oh no, no, it was the Marty Saint Louis deal. It yeah, was the same same okay, deadline. I don't so that. that's the one I picked. Yeah. I, I, well, okay. Yeah. Uh, who's the player? Devin Dubnik. Traded a few times in his career. Sure. Uh, yes, that is correct. He was Montreal on the same deadline as Roberto Luongo and Marty St. Louis. Montreal. Uh, to the Montreal Canadiens yeah. in exchange for 
future considerations. <laughs> future considerations gets around. Eh? Yeah. Like he, he got traded like three or four times at this year's deadline, which we're going to get to. No, no kidding. Yeah. The second most traded player in history. Uh, just a fun fact there. Devin Dubnik? No, future considerations. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what? All right. Uh, number 10, Wendell Clark. Mm. Traded four times in his career. No. That is incorrect. Uh, he Damn was it. traded on uh, March 23rd, 19... March 23rd. Like, Tampa Bay. Some late deadlines. Uh, no. Oh. Um, from Tampa Bay. Nice. To the Detroit Red Wings in 1999, along with a six-round pick, which was Kent McDonald, in exchange for Kevin Hodson and a second. And the second was used on current Marley's coach, Sheldon Keefe. Fun fact... In 96, he was traded a week before the deadline, uh, going back to Toronto in his uh, infamous return. So, uh, you did great. You, you passed. Uh, I think you had two wrong out of that, so you went uh, 80%. Cool. Would you like the bonus question? Sure. Real quick. All right. Here we go. How many times was Mike Sillinger traded on trade deadline day? On deadline day? On deadline day. Let's go five. He, he was traded 10 times in his career. Five. Uh, no. Unfortunately. Uh, just twice. Just twice. <laughs> uh, in 2000 and 2001, he was traded on deadline day. In 95, uh, three days before the deadline. 96, five days before the deadline. And 04, five days before the deadline. So y- you're close. Like it's it, it was five trades around the deadline. I'll give you partial credit for that. That's 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 pretty impressive. Sure. Pretty impressive. Thank you. Yeah. You, you clearly curve, eh? you clearly have sat on your ass for many uh many a deadlines yeah, and just you know hung what? Out. That's my me day. Yeah. There you that's go. That's my you know. Some people hang out on their birthday, and as I told you around my birthday, I don't have time for that. But deadline day, that's my day. There you go. That's my me time. Okay, James, so here's what we're going to do, man. We're going to recap every trade, and we are not leaving this fucking room until we get through every single one of these goddamn deals. All right. All right. It's a good thing I went to work before this. Yep, 100%. We're going to go through every trade, even the the useless ones. Let's do it, okay? So what we're going to do is we're going to start... After the coil trade, everything that happened after coil, when we left the listeners last week, we're going to get into. Okay? Nice. Love it. You down? I'm, I'm down. Let's do it. All right. Carl Haglin to the Washington Capitals for a 2019 third round pick and a conditional 2026 round pick. Yeah, I actually, uh, I think I may have called this on our preview episode. Carl Haglin going to the Capitals. I can't remember exactly where I said he was going, but mm-hmm. I, I think... I said Washington. I think the best part about this trade was there was a game on at work on Sunday. I think it might have been Carl Haglin's debut. And, like, he took a penalty with, like, three minutes left in the game and then got out of the box. And, like, the t- game-tying goal that the Rangers scored, like, went off his, like, shoulder. And oh, that. no. Terrible debut. Yeah. Not a good debut for Carl Haglin. Yeah. I, I like this. Um, okay. I think, like, obviously the Kings, they're, they weren't going to get, you know, anything... They weren't going to get a ton for Carl Hagelin. Um, they knew they had to kind of move him out of town. A um, couple picks, you know, whatever. But I, I like it for the Washington Capitals because they are in an absolute dog race in that Metro division. And I think um, Carl Hagelin's a guy that brings a lot of speed up front. And I think that's one aspect of the Washington Capitals offense that it's okay, but it, it could be better. And I've always kind of thought that, like, you know, Michigan's fast. He's not the fastest. Backstrom's okay. Oh, she's not fast at all. Um, so I, I like it. It adds a speed factor. It's something you got to keep in the back of your mind and a little more depth in the bottom six for uh, the Washington Capitals. Hmm. And uh, speaking of speed, 
much the way that the bus can't stop, otherwise it will explode in the movie Speed. Uh, Carl Hagelin can't stop getting traded, otherwise his career uh-huh. will explode. Yeah, no, uh, that's fair. In a bad yeah. way. So, yeah, Carl Hagelin back in the Metro. <laughs> Could you imagine they play the Penguins again? Uh, first round, maybe? First round yeah, matchup? I don't know. Pens Whatever. caps? Whatever. Pens caps. Yeah, are both those teams making the playoffs? Oh, caps are. I don't know about the Pens. Yeah. Pens are. Yeah. Pens maybe. are doing their own thing. Them and the Blue Jackets seem to be bouncing between that third Metro spot. So, Ooh. Well, yeah. speaking of the Blue Jackets, yep. here's a big one. Mm-hmm. Matt Duchesne and Julius Bergman to the Columbus Blue Jackets in exchange for Vitaly Abramov, Jonathan Davidson, a 2019 first-round pick, and a conditional 2020 first-round pick. I, um, I don't know why I thought Gabriel Carlson... Was the one that went the other way, not Jonathan Davidson. Okay. So I think uh, I'm just learning about this full trade right now. I don't know who Jonathan Davidson is. Hmm. Do you? I um, I I don't. Okay. I, I, I'm not gonna. I'm assuming he's a young a young whippersnapper. Could be. You know. Could be. But probably not the key piece of the trade. I like the that the Blue Jackets went all in. Yeah. I like it because, like, like we talked about on this podcast before, is the the need to have a deep run in Columbus is pretty apparent right now. Right. They've never won a playoff series. They've been around for 19 years. The Vegas Golden Knights won three playoff series last year. They're probably going to win a few this year, as we're going to get could. to in a few minutes. Yeah. But, like, the, they need something going on in Columbus. I like the fact that they basically said... Our window's not going to be open again for years. So let's go for it now while we still have the chance because it's kind of like they have an aging core and this is the last year before they all age except instead of aging, they're just going to leave. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And instead of rotting at the nursing home, they're going to get up and walk out. And you have to figure this is a, a pure rental deal too because the, there's no way they re-signed Duchesne and gave up that first round pick. Not likely. No, I, I can't not, see not, it. Not likely. Like, your focus... Sh- Probably is still on Panarin, maybe Bobrovsky to some degree, but knowing in the back of your mind that you lose another, like they've only got two picks now to work with, as we'll get to uh, at this upcoming June's draft. Like, uh, is Yarmo Kekalainen even going to show up? Like, is it worth his time to come pick someone in the seventh round? It would have been mint. Yeah. If they traded away every single pick, and then he just kind of like sat there at the table with his like hands folded the whole day, eating and... chips. Just <laughs> you want to make a trade, Yarmo? Nope. <laughs> Why are you here? Free trip to Vancouver, man. Just by himself, like no scouts, no no assistants. Just like that one kid wearing the jersey, ready to hand them out, but he's got no one to hand out to. Actually, you know what the best move would be is if the Columbus Blue Jackets um, sent like John Tortorella and Artemi Panarin, who's still technically on the team at that point, and just had them both sit there and just like that's the table. Even better. So Artemi, where are you signing? Even 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 better. You you send Yermo, you send Dzingel, you send Panarin, you send Bobrovsky, you send Duchesne. and the the whole the whole six hours. They don't even look up from the table. They're just in contract negotiations, just like eye to eye. Like whatever's happening around them doesn't matter. Just all the pressure in the world. Just all of a sudden, the draft attention. Like no one gives a shit about who's up there picking in the sixth round. And everyone's watching the Columbus Blue Jackets table. What's going on down there? Who's signing contracts? They should, some pens around. they should all sign as a four-person package deal Ooh, somewhere. A unit. Yeah. 
The big unit. Yeah. The big hurt. <laughs> the big unit. <laughs> Imagine that, like, free agent, free agent frenzy show. <laughs> like, breaking that news. It appears all four of them are going to the Anaheim Ducks, who apparently have cap room now. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. They could all go to Ottawa, I guess. Ottawa's got some oh, cap shit. room. <laughs> I don't think so. Probably not. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Okay, um, the Florida Panthers acquire forward Vincent Praplan uh, from the San Jose Sharks in exchange for future considerations. Nice. Our first appearance of uh, Mr. Considerations uh, on the uh, podcast. What do you think's more interesting, like future considerations or player to be named later, like in sports? Because like that doesn't happen in hockey anymore. But future considerations, because yeah. it, it doesn't have to be a player. It could it doesn't be, have to be a it's pick. Vague. It could be like it could be a bag of popsicles. Like for all we'll we cons- know, we'll consider it. Yeah, doesn't mean we'll do it. Yeah. We'll we'll think about it. Also, though. the best part is is like when it's a player to be named later. Like, okay, you you, I from what I remember, like like ninety five percent of the time you have a player that gets named later. With future considerations, half the time nothing happens, and it's just like nothing goes back the other way, and you just triggered a guy for like literally nothing. But you have to write something down on the sheet, so that's what you put. Yeah. Yeah, because you can't just trade a player for nothing. Yeah. It's kind of amazing that they still let teams do this. Like, I, I, right. would, I have to wonder how many times does, like, future considerations turn into anything. Like, what's the percentage? I don't remember. I don't remember ever, as a hockey fan, like, four months later finding out. It's like, oh, Marcel Thibodeau is going back to the Florida Panthers in the future considerations deal. From what I've noticed, you know what I mean? like a, a big percentage of it has to do with these conditional picks that we're seeing now. And it's like, instead of just naming a conditional pick, it's just like, yeah, we'll see which picks we have when we get to the deadline and you'll just get hmm. one of those. And that's what I've noticed it's been lately, but you're S- right. It's, see what it's... I think future considerations means is like, I think it's like a different thing. Like, I think it's like an agreement between these owners that, you know, they're going to get together one day and like consider like the future like how we're gonna you know uh you know have drinkable water and uh you know stop the planet from melting and you know like actually consider the the future you know make Mm. future plans consider the future maybe it's um maybe a situation where the gms just know they're not going to have that job in a few months so they're just Mm. like yeah just we'll give you something later it's not my problem yeah kick the can down the road and the next guy can deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. Much in the same way that, like, if, like, a 2023 20, draft pick gets traded, and you're like, ah, that's not a real year. No. Like, it's the same thing with future considerations. It's like, yeah. ah, there, there's it's no not, future. It's not a thing. <laughs> we, could all, we could all what, die tomorrow. What future are you yeah. talking about? This is Trump's uh, Trump's world, man. The Washington Capitals acquire defenseman Nick Jensen and a 2019 fifth-round pick from the Detroit Red Wings for defenseman Madison Bowie and a 2020 second-round pick. Yeah, I didn't really get this one. No? Like, is there that much difference between Jensen and Bowie? Yeah. Because the Caps were pretty high on Bowie last year. Like, mm-hmm. that was their guy, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, how much more are you getting out of Jensen than you than you're getting out of Bowie? Aside from the fact that he signed a big contract as soon as he landed in Washington. Um, in the short term, there's quite a significant difference. In the long term, maybe not. Like, Madison Bowie might end up being a pretty good player because he's still pretty young. But Nick Jensen's one of the better defensive defensemen in the NHL. Madison Bowie is struggling to stay in the NHL right now. So, 
Um, I mean, he's going to get an opportunity in Detroit. He can grow there. Hopefully, he can flourish, you know. Um, hopefully, you know, don't talk to too many strangers on the way uh, to your car from the rink. Sure. Just keep your head down. Don't associate with the public in that city. But other than that, uh, yeah, I don't know. I like it for both teams. I think it makes a lot of sense. Good for the Red Wings to get what they got for Jensen. Because even though we sit here and say Jensen is, you know, pretty damn good, he hasn't been very good for very long. So, oh, that's true. You know what I mean? It's They're maximizing an asset that I don't think that they had until recently. So, good for them. I think it's a great trade. Both teams. Yeah. No, I, like, I'm, not, I'm not against either defenseman. I just, it was, that was, like, that and the Carl Hagelin deal, like, that was Washington's day, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, how much better are they, really? At the end of, like, I didn't think they're much better than um, they already were. Yeah, I... I, I I tend to disagree. I think Nick Jensen makes a huge difference for their blue line. Hmm. Uh, not to say it was bad before, but I think anytime you're putting that much onus on a guy like Matt Niskanen to be something that he's not, and now you can kind of move him back down in the lineup and you know limit his minutes a little bit more, I think that that has value in and of itself because now you can count on Jensen to eat up a lot of minutes that you didn't have a guy to do that with before. Um, so, you know, it's not just Carlson, it's not just Niskin, and you got another body on that right side that can kind of help out. I don't know. I, I really like it for the Capitals. I think they get significantly better through this deadline that, you know, I guess we'll talk about once we get to the end here, but like, I like the Jensen deal a lot. I think it makes them significantly better. Hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Uh, the Dallas Stars acquire, according to TSN forward, Ben Lovejoy. Uh, I have never seen him play forward. Maybe it'll work out. Uh, from the New Jersey Devils in exchange for defenseman Connor Carrick and a 2019 third round pick. What do you think, Reverend Lovejoy, to the uh, to the Dallas Stars? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I I'd rather have Connor Carrick myself, but I maybe I'm a little partial because he used to play for my team and I got to see a lot of him. Mm-hmm. I don't like Ben Lovejoy. I've I've never liked him as a player. I don't think he's anything more than a third pairing guy, and at that is like even throwing him a bone to some degree. Like, I've, I've never thought this guy was a good NHL defenseman. Um, and the Devils got a capable player and a third-round pick in exchange for him. So, i I, I got to say the Devils came out on top on that one. I, I don't really know why Dallas felt they needed to make that deal. But I'm not an NHL GM. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, you could be because I don't know how much longer the Stars are going to stick with Jimmy Nill, but... You'd have to think not long. I can't imagine much longer, but uh, I like the deal for both teams. Probably a bit more for the Devils, just because I don't think that they downgraded super significantly in terms of D talent, but I will say Ben Lovejoy is a better defenseman. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I think Ben Lovejoy is kind of a sort of replacement for Steven Johns, who they don't expect back this year, and they kind of don't have another body like that on the right side other than Polak that can kind of play heavier minutes and uh, against heavier bodies sort of thing. Lovejoy skates better than Polak, so it gets Polak off the ice a little bit more. Um, I, I think their D's better with Ben Lovejoy, but it's not a astronomical difference. And I don't know if it's going to make a much, uh, much big of a difference when they don't make the playoffs in a month and a half anyway. And also, uh, Ben Lovejoy's a forward now, apparently, anyway. So. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so I guess he'll just slot into the bottom six and... <laughs> Play up there next to John Jason Dickinson, and it's probably better than a lot of the forwards they currently have. 
Well, apparently they've got Jason Spezza playing on the wing now, which I, I did not realize, but... Uh, yeah, Spezza has has taken face-offs for the Stars, but as far as I know, he hasn't played center in years. But I could be huh. wrong. I, I don't know. I, I can't remember the last time I watched a, uh, a Stars game and, and what's-his-face, Jason Spezza was playing center. Fair enough. But, yeah. Okay. So you don't like it for Dallas? No, I don't think it helps well, at all. Well, here's a trade I'm not sure you're going to like much better. Uh, forward Matt Zuccarello to the Dallas Stars in exchange for a conditional second-round pick and a conditional third-round pick, the second in 2019, the third in 2020. You think they took the flame, same flight out of uh, New York area? Same flight out? I don't know. Were the Devils in... Were they Were, uh, they, were they in Hoboken? I guess that's a fair question. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it depends too. Like maybe, maybe Lovejoy flies out of Laguardia, maybe. Whereas uh, JFK is where Zuccarello goes. Sure, you know. Yeah, sounds sounds like a, a plausible explanation. What do you think? I loved it for yeah a few hours. Yeah, but for those of you who are not aware, um, since this trade has happened, Matt Zuccarello has uh, been confirmed by the Dallas Stars of having suffered a broken arm. In his star's debut on Sunday against the Chicago Blackhawks. And Matt Zuccarello is expected to be out for the remainder of the regular season. And might be back for the playoffs if the Dallas Stars make the playoffs. Which is a significant if as far as I'm concerned, but we'll see. Yeah, they, they might have made it if they had Matt Zuccarello playing. The, the funny thing about this Western Conference fucking wildcard race, man, is like... Like, okay, so I don't think Dallas is going to make it. I don't think Arizona is going to make it. I don't think Chicago is going to make it. I also don't think Minnesota or Colorado is going to make it. Like, I feel like two playoff spots are just going to evaporate because the teams are so bad the league's going to be like, ah, we're just cutting you off. It's going to be like the selection for the NCAA tournament. They're just going to do whatever they want. That's wild. Yeah. So. Just have, like, play-in games. So two buys, the Flames and the Jets going to buy, and then the other four teams play a best of seven. Okay. That's right. I'll speed things up. That's right. I'm yeah. I'm into it. Why waste everyone's time? Yeah. No, I hear what you're saying. You but know, no, like I, I, I did think that Dallas was doing something very smart by bringing in Matt Zuccarello to help out their top six. Um that's a that's a guy that could have really put this team over the edge, I think. That I think I would almost have them as a playoff lock at that point if they were able to yeah, have him down the stretch. Yeah, and he but... got he got a goal and an assist. Like he was looking good that day. Yeah, uh, looked really recharged. And one thing I will say about this too, like how shitty it is, is like obviously you don't want anyone to get hurt. Like, do you know anyone who doesn't like Matt Zuccarello other than like maybe like Islanders and Devils fans? Even that, like, like yeah, I, I he's one of those guys, man, impossible to hate. And yep. obviously, I'm sure you saw the video of Henrik Lundqvist uh, tearing up when he was asked about Zuccarello. Like, he just seems like one of those guys, man. Like a true professional. I I, I was rooting for him, and it's it sucks. Yeah, it does yeah. suck to see because he's a very good player, big uh, loss. heart and soul type guy. And I, I, I'm assuming he didn't leave them a lot of time to you know counteract and try to make another move to to do anything. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> maybe they do make another move. We'll maybe, see. Maybe. The Columbus Blue Jackets acquire forward Ryan Zingle, the D- D- Zingle, uh, from the Ottawa Senators in exchange for forward Anthony Duclair, a 2020 second round pick and a 2021 second round pick. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot for Ryan Zingle. Look, it's an upgrade. Kudo, kudos time, but... to the Sens on that one because yeah, you know, like they are at this point, they're just. 
stocking the cupboards with any pick they can get their hands on. And that's a good idea at this point. I'm I'm really surprised that Dzingle and Duchesne ended up in the same place. I'm a little confused why they didn't get all packaged into one trade, but I guess some teams were calling on certain guys at different times for different packages, and, you know, obviously things change. But it's possible that the Stars were in on Dezingle, and they were able to get Zuccarello at a better price, yeah, so maybe like they that, dropped out, right? and then, you know, the Blue Jackets called kind of thing. Or, yeah, about Dezingle. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't... I don't love it for Columbus, but again, I do love just the general idea that they are loading up and that they're going to be ready to go. I mean, look, Zingle's a better player than Duclair. Like, it's not even really close to me. But I think two second-round picks alone for Zingle is kind of a steep price. Yeah, I'm not really sold on him. He hasn't been that good for that long. Well, yeah. His advanced stats are nothing special. When you consider technically Matt Zuccarello went cheaper. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'd rather have Matt Zuccarello, right? like, 100%. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. So, Unless, you know, Matt Duchesne can't brush his teeth in the morning without talking to hmm. Ryan Dezingle on the phone, then I don't really see... Seems like a weird friendship. Yeah. That seems like a weird couple of guys to be super close. You saw the video of the plane, though, yeah. right? Like, yeah. Well, you're going to pick your boy up. You know, don't get me I wrong. I guess so. But... Sorry, I got the wife on the flight. You maybe grab the next one, buddy. Sorry, but... Uh, yeah, right. Ryan Dezingle's one of those guys, man. Not going to lie. I don't think he's going to be in the league in like three years. That's wild. I think this is a quick kind of in-and-out sort of career. Patrick O'Sullivan kind of, you know what I mean? Just in and out, one or two good years, that's it. I probably am not going to agree with you on that I one. But... I, don't, I don't see it. Okay. I don't see it. I mean, he'll be 30 in three years. Yeah. So, that already doesn't help. Being 30 in the NHL. NHL. It's certainly slowing Ovechkin down. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know if Ryan Dezingle's exactly Alexander Ovechkin, mm. but... No. The Anaheim Ducks acquire defenseman Brendan Gould. Gruel? Goulet. <laughs> Robert Goulet. Robert Goulet. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And a conditional 2019 first Papa. round pick. Jingle bells, Batman smells, Robin laid an egg. Whoa, I'm sorry, kid. Um, For defenseman Brandon Montour. There's a conditional first-round pick going to Anaheim as well. Yeah, I said, I said oh, that. Oh, did you? I yeah. thought we just went straight into the Goulet no, jokes. No, no, no. Um, so Montour's got to buy some ice scrapers and some shovels again. Because he uh, apparently doesn't have those things anymore. Did you see that video? No. No. Yeah, he just just he just sent a video out the other day. Like, I guess I gotta get used to this shit again. And it was like fucking like like snowy rain. Mm. And he's just like scraping his like windshield, and that oh, was pretty funny. And maybe Jake Muzzin's got a few uh, lying around. He had the he had the same transition a month earlier. So mm-hmm. you know, call get some tips. Maybe off the vet. Some tips. Yeah. I mean, Montour's Canadian, so I feel like he's dealt with snow and ice before. Not at a professional level. No? Not at a, he's living at home as a teenager, and now he's out on his own for the first time yeah, in Canada. Yeah, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure his dad made him get off his ass and go scrape off the fucking car when he was like 15. Yeah, I guess we'll see. You know? He seems very underprepared he does, at the moment. Yeah, so. you wouldn't know he's Canadian. Yeah. He seems like he's panicking. That's what I'm saying. Um, I'm... I'm... Shocked... 
a little confused. That Buffalo yeah. was willing to pay the price. That said, I thought they got him relatively cheap, but I'm still surprised. Buffalo's just not yeah. aggressive, and this is sort of aggressive. It's like, like it's good value. But... No, it is, and that's the thing. And it, it it's definitely. I think there's probably a lot of teams that would really have liked to have had Brandon Montour for the playoff run or to try to make the playoffs. And somehow, out of nowhere, in swoops the Buffalo Sabres and takes them off the market like they're playing keep away. Like, ah, screw you, Montreal. We don't want to see you guys make the playoffs, so we're going to take your... Right? Like, that's... Sure. It's, it's weird, because, like, Buffalo's not making the playoffs at this point. Like, it's... Probably not. No. But Montour helps a lot for, he, like, a really bad blue line. He helps, but it, it's not, it's not going to be enough. Like... Not in the short term. No, you're right. I think this makes them significantly better... Moving forward. Next season, for but sure, yeah. they're probably too far gone at this point for this to make an impact this year. Yeah, so that, that's kind of why I'm confused. Is like, is like, what was what was the the selling point today that forced the Sabres to go out and make this deal now as opposed to, you know, maybe waiting a little closer to next season at the deadline? Is he a little cheaper? You know, during the offseason, is, is he a little cheaper? I get it. You get him into your lineup, into your, into your system a few months earlier. He gets to, you know play for you down the stretch and you get to see what you have firsthand. You but think he would have been cheaper in the off season? He, I'm not saying he will be, but like he probably could have been because you have to figure that other teams were bidding on Brandon Montour right now to help them make the playoffs. And you had to outbid those teams to get that kind of player when you got him. Does he go cheaper in the off season? There's some there's some logic to that way of thinking I, I i think it's hard know. to say because when you're talking a player of brandon montour's skill level and brandon montour's age there's a real good possibility that in the next six weeks he just continues to get better and that also drives the price up because he's continuously getting better so like i feel like he might have driven the price up if he if he stayed in anaheim because Maybe. like he just continues to get better right like it's this is one of those guys who came into the league there was a lot of faith in him as a prospect but i do think he surprised people at the same time Hmm. and just continually gets better like i don't know he's he became the number two defenseman on a team where that didn't seem possible unless your name was cam fowler or hampus lindholm and he's kind of surpassed cam fowler at this point right like at the end of the day i I like it for buffalo i just the timing is a little Hmm. confusing to me well he doesn't hurt that's for sure that's the main thing the Nashville Predators acquire future considerations from the Toronto Maple Leafs in exchange for Nicholas Baptiste. Now, uh, how, future did, considerations how did he gets get to around. Nashville? Yeah. Like, from San Jose, like, I don't remember seeing that trade go down. Yeah. But uh, here we are. Do we know anything about Baptiste? I, I, I didn't really... So my understanding about Nicholas Baptiste is that um, he he he's actually a priest, right? Okay. And so that's where Baptiste comes from, is he's uh, actually like a priest that specializes in baptisms. And, and you know, so... Kyle, we're going to need a little bit more, a little bit more faith in the dressing room, you know? I think we've got to bring in a real good uh, presence, you know? Get us uh, connected with God, you know? You know uh, Nicholas you know, Baptiste. Jesus, uh, you know, you always want him on your side, you know, late in the game. Uh, real good, uh, real good uh, deity, so, you know? Yeah, my understanding is uh, Nicholas Baptiste. That's actually uh, Ethan Hawke's character's name in uh, First Reformed. Yeah. All right, First 
First Reform. But I'm talking any Nicholas Baptiste, formerly in the film First Reform, Ethan Hawke nominated for an Oscar. You know, he was in Training Day. Denzel Washington. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Uh, he shoots right. <laughs> oh, good. He doesn't play defense. The Leafs but... have another right-handed forward. forward. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Good for the Marlies, I guess. Sure. Replaces Trevor Moore. Trevor Moore's up now. Yeah. So that's that's where he's Trevor Moore's on the Leafs to stay, I think. So oh, yeah. Yeah. The goat whisperer. Yeah, you like the shepherd better, right? Eh? You were I, saying I, it's short and sweet. I like yeah. it. You know, like, herding I, goats. I, th- I think the like the whisperer thing is like just so overdone. And when you have the opportunity, like if if the, the guy's nickname is there was... another player with the with a whisperer? No, but sort like of you, you always hear about the dog whisperer or the or the horse whisperer. Who who? <laughs> Caesar Milan? <laughs> yeah. You talk about the fucking like the dog guy? Yeah, but just just like in, in He's not in, in the National Hockey League. In general societal terms, you hear those terms more than you hear goat whisperer. Like the whisperer. I think tag. you're confusing the dog whisperer Caesar Milan with former Pittsburgh Penguin forward Milan Kraft. <laughs> Caesar's place? Remember rem- remember Milan Kraft kids? No one listening to this remembers Milan Kraft. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you that. Where let's let's do a little bit of trivia. Where is Milan Kraft from? I'm gonna say Germany. Czech. Yeah. Yeah. He is from the Czech Republic. Boom. He, he was huge. Six foot four, two fifteen. I remembered him being like a little guy. Good Kraft. Yeah, Bob Kraft. You're on the podcast. You're on the. <laughs> Welcome to this week's. Bob Craft, maybe maybe not the best guy to be making jokes about right now. Yeah, no, no, it's got some. No, you didn't hear about this. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, have you heard about this? <laughs> you're gonna love it, Mike. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna love this. Oh, no, listen to this one. That's my Jay Leno. Nice, pretty bad. They're gonna want to hear this, Devils fans. <laughs> Same guy. Cost certainty. Yeah, my my Gary Bettman is is actually my Jay Leno, and your Jay Leno is actually your Gary Bettman. Yeah, yeah. they they are one and the same. They're actually the same person. Yeah, you gotta want to hear this. Gary Bettman just puts a fat suit on and he records a late night talk show for see see. Okay, all. all right. See if you can tell the difference. Okay, okay. okay. You're gonna want to hear this, Devils fans. Okay, okay, okay. Have you heard about this? <laughs> same guy. Which was which? Same. <laughs> no, same no, guy. no. It was, that was a different guy. Two different guys same talking guy. right no, there. Same guy. What were we talking about? Oh yeah, Bob Bob Kraft. Um, Kern Kraft. Yeah, no, Rob, Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots, is oh, part of like yeah. a yeah some sort of sex, sex ring, sex sting operation. He's a he's a prostitute or something. Um, it seems like he may have gone to get some sort of a massage uh, at a place that maybe the FBI was like monitoring for possibly giving more than just massages. No, he's just an innocent bystander. How is he supposed to know what the uh, premium packages are? You know, he walked into the wrong place. He's like, I just seriously just here to get a massage. Like, you I got a coupon. Yeah, yeah. You went to go get a massage on the fifth floor of a fucking apartment building in downtown Miami. How am I supposed to know? I'm just an old man. You wait. So you you own the most successful sports franchise in North America over the past decade, but you needed a coupon to uh, facilitate your massage because you couldn't afford a regular one. Or Mister Craft, uh, if you had no intentions, and what are these pills? Well, those are my heart medicines. Yeah, <laughs> I think you might have got your wires crossed this morning, Mister Craft. 
Tom gave me those. I've never seen them before in my life. <laughs> From his trainer, yeah. that's part of the Brady, yeah. uh, the Brady routine. <laughs> um, yeah. The Detroit Red Wings acquire a 2019 second round pick and a conditional 2020 third round pick from the San Jose Sharks in exchange for Gus Nyquist. Nyquist. It's good to know that Ken Holland listens to the Laced Up podcast because you heard it here first from from your boy James. Gus Nyquist to the Sharks. Boom. Or maybe Doug Wilson listens. I don't know which one that makes more sense for. But yeah. I don't remember that. Oh, yeah. That was okay. that was that I, w- I went back and listened. That was the that was the definite one I got oh, yeah. right. Yeah, Gus hmm. Nyquist to the Sharks. Feel it, San Jose. I'm a I'm a Gus Nyquist fantasy owner, so I'm pretty mm. into this deal for sure. Okay, this there is nothing but good things for me. Hopefully, cool. so nice. Yeah, pretty uh, I, again. When you compare what Gus Nyquist and Matt Zuccarello went for at the deadline, how did Ryan Dezingle fetch that return? Yeah, I'd rather Nyquist yeah. for sure. Hands down. Or Zuccarello. Sure. Probably Zuccarello more than Nyquist, but it's pretty yep. close. It's pretty close. Yep. Nyquist. Zooks, Nyquist, Gus, probably Ben Ryan. Better, like, more talented, but Zuccarello might be the better player. I, I think Zuccarello fits into what Dallas needed more yeah. than, than Gus would have. Sure, but yeah, you're right there. You don't, maybe... And I think, and I think Nyquist fits better for exactly, the Sharks, too. Exactly, like, yeah. So, nice, yeah. nice deal. Red Wings, they're doing the right thing at this point. They're just kind of... Selling off whatever they can. Decent return. Kind of surprised he didn't get a first round pick, to be honest. But uh, whatever. I don't think the Sharks have one. Well, I'm, I just mean like I'm surprised there oh, wasn't a team out there couldn't. offering right. a first round pick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I like it. Good Both trade. teams, whatever. Good for I, Gus. I think, I think the Sharks really had to because as 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 we find out by the end of the day, um, the Flames sit pat. So I, I think the, mm-hmm. the Sharks. Just you know, they they kind of knew they had to do something, and I think this is mm-hmm. probably the best they were going to do today, be, given their situation. So um, I like it. Yeah, no, I yeah. think it's a perfect fit for the Sharks. Good for everyone involved. To. Yeah, good for everyone. Yeah. Be interesting to see where Gus Nyquist goes this summer, because I don't think he'll resign in San Jose, but it it does depend. Well, there was some talk about this uh, about how him and Eric Carlson are uh, apparently like best friends growing up in Sweden. Mm. So. There's some like there's some feeling that maybe the Sharks brought him in to kind of help convince Carlson to stick around in San Jose, but you'd have to assume then that they also have a plan to keep Gus Nyquist around. Like I guess they have them both now, and they can you know have those discussions together about having them both play together moving forward. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I, if if that's part of the plan, if that's what ultimately keeps Eric Carlson in San Jose. The value factor for Gus Nyquist goes through the roof. So, yeah, I mean, someone's got to go in San Jose. Like someone's gone this summer, probably two guys. So, if it's not Nyquist and it's not Carlson, it's probably Pavelski and Thornton. So it's kind of up to Doug Wilson at this point yeah. to make a decision if it's time to turn the roster over. Because I mean, like you, you have, like even Don Scoy's a guy. Like I, I. I don't think you can let Donskoy walk. Like I think they have to keep him around. But no, yeah, Donskoy will stick around. I I think Pavelski's gone. If I'm being completely honest with you, yeah. And I think you can convince Thornton to come back at a much more reasonable hit than what he made this year because he's like 
Father Time catches all of us. He's just not what he was at one point in his career. How dare you? I'm so sorry. How dare you, sir? That man just scored a hat trick. He's at the peak of his career. He's better than he was when he was 31. Yep. Did you see him sniping goals out there? Our Ross Trophy winner, Joe Thornton. Uh, You you got it. (laughs) But uh, no. He's going to catch Kucherov. Oh, yeah. He's he's on a roll now. Him and Gus Nyquist riding shotgun. Oof. Fuck. I do like that. Yeah. That is nice. Yeah, I don't know. Someone's got to go in San Jose. I think it's Pavelski for sure. I I think Nyquist is going to leave. I I do. I'd be surprised if he stayed there. I mean, it's a good landing spot if he chooses to stick around. Yeah. And the Sharks can offer him $6 million a year for seven, seven, eight years. Then, all right, good for you. I mean, he is 29, so maybe it won't be eight years, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. I could see him leaving and, and I, I, I think at the end of the day, like I, I would be pretty surprised if Doug Wilson cut Pavelski loose. Like I, I just, I think, I think he's, he's, I think he's thinking about it Yeah, and he sort of hinted at it earlier in the year that, you know, he was going to have decisions to make when Carlson got traded there. He kind of hinted that maybe that means Pavelski's leaving sort of thing. Like yeah. they asked him about an extension on Pavelski and he just kind of didn't answer it. I don't, I, Unless I don't know. he knows something to the degree of, like, Carlson's just not interested in sticking around, then mm-hmm. that might change the discussion. Which I don't see but, either. Yeah. I, if I'm Eric Carlson, I would want to stay around there. Like, you got a good fan base. Yeah. You're living in if, a beautiful city. If I'm Carlson, I'm definitely not opposed to the idea, but I'd probably hit free agency. Yeah. Just see what you can get, because we've seen it the last few seasons, like, well, what, Tavares especially... With what Drew Doughty's getting in L.A., I think Eric Carlson could really find himself uh, cashing in a nice little paycheck yeah. this summer. So, well, for for sure he will. Regardless, he's going to get paid where wherever he stays. But I, I do think that in San Jose, it offers Carlson a level of security in terms of his contributions to the team. And what I mean by that is, like, I, I do think there's something to be said for when Carlson got traded there for the growing pains of playing for a new team because it clearly didn't fit in right off the bat. Like it was, it was kind of tough for about 20 games there. Yeah. And then Eric Carlson's doing Eric Carlson things. And part of me wonders if he wants to go somewhere else, a bigger market with more media, which is possible because San Jose is a smaller market, quieter media city. It's just, you know, say like fucking, I know this isn't a fit, but like say he went to the Flyers it's going to be a little bit harder to to adjust and fit in. Like, I, I do think there's something to be said for a lot of the off-ice factors in San Jose. And I I, I, I don't disagree with you that he would be wrong to hit free agency. Yeah. I just don't think he will. I think it's... I because think if it's, it were me, I know I'm saying it the other way around, I'd probably hit free agency. Yeah. And, like, I think it'd be hard to... I'm a grass is greener on the other side guy. Get a... Sure. Like, if, if you look at what we kind of talked about with Columbus, like, if... If three of those four guys walk, Columbus has got $30 million to play with. So, hey, Eric Carlson, how's $17 million sound? Or, you know, whatever the max is going to be next year with the cap going up. Like, h- how do you say no to, like, you know, like the maximum amount of money? Because the Sharks can't match that. Hey, uh, Hands down. Hey, Eric, I know, uh, I know you're on the beach and everything, but uh, if you come here to Columbus, we can offer you, uh, you know, Free free hot wings at all the student bars, and uh, you know the vodka that Panarin didn't drink. Sure, um, you know the deal comes with like thirty five ice scrapers because the weather here is also not good. Yeah, sure. But imagine get, him. But you get Columbus. seventeen million dollars. So he goes to Columbus, 
and then Dezingle and Duchesne stay because they're like, we miss this guy. Ooh. Shit. Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. Eric Carlson to Columbus. Yeah. On an eight-year, $246 million contract. What, what do you think the... Uh, what do you think the betting odds in Vegas is that Carlson goes to Columbus? Like a 3,000 to 1? I could probably pay <laughs> off my tuition if I did this right. Yeah, I uh, I can't imagine it's a pretty strong possibility. Okay, uh, we got to move onward and upward here. And speaking of the Ottawa Senators, we have to talk about their biggest deal today. Which was obviously uh, to acquire forward Brian Gibbons from the Anaheim Ducks in exchange for defenseman. Patrick Seeloff. Okay. So, um, true or false, both of those are real players. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hands down. Yeah? You think so? Yeah. Not not a doubt in my mind. I've heard but, of Patrick Seeloff. I've never actually seen him play hockey. Okay. He may never I've have played. I've heard of him. He, he's, I think he might be just that guy that sits in the press box for every team. Yeah? But Justin Hall? Yeah. Nice. Exactly. Um, okay, so a little caveat. I was at work on Traded Monday. Mm-hmm. And I worked past the deadline, mm-hmm. so like at no point did I really have any, a chance to like sit down and watch and get caught up. It was just kind of update after update after update on my phone, and I got this, and I saw Gibbons from the Ducks going to the Senators, and I thought for a second that John Gibson had been traded to the Ottawa Senators. And I as was a, freaking out because I couldn't go back and check my phone at the moment, and I was like freaking out for five minutes. And as a John Gibson fantasy owner, I'm not super down for that yeah, one. Yeah, that would have been nuts. I'm, I'm glad it was Brian Gibbons. No, yeah, Peter John oh, Gibson, but John O'Brien oh, Gibbons. Yeah. Oh, I thought I thought it was Peter Gibbons. No. Who's Peter Gibbons? I have no idea. I think that might be the guy from Office Space. Yep. Ron Livingston from Office Space uh, to the Ottawa Senators for Patrick Sealoff. Patrick Sealoff might be a uh, might be like a Patrick Stewart proxy. Maybe. Yeah. Speaking of Patrick Stewart, are you going to watch Green Room, the movie that did not win Best Picture but probably should have? 2015 movie about neo Nazis. Uh, yeah, somebody no. with a punk band. I'm, I'm not going to nope. finish that one. Anton Yelchin. Yeah, no. there's possibi- There's a possibility Anton Yelchin got traded today. Nice. I don't know. Is, isn't he the guy that went for future considerations to the uh, to the Florida Panthers or something? I hope not. No, we didn't just talk about him. What was his name? Peter. Oh, Vincent Praplan. Well, it's the same thing. Yep. They're probably both Russian. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. yeah. The Columbus Blue Jackets acquired goaltender Keith Kincaid. From the New Jersey Devils in exchange for a 2022 fifth round pick. 2022. Yeah. That's not a real year. Not yet. I'm sorry. It's going to come up again, unfortunately. We're, like, but... we're not fucking... Yeah. I, I will I will say something and, and, you know, like, this sentiment is something that, uh, you know, comes from Dave Lozo in the past. It's sort of reassuring to see teams trading 2022 picks because it does sort of, like, reinforce the idea that 2022 is going to be a real year and that the the earth will still exist by then no like that's reassuring no because like if i'm a gm and i know the world's ending in a couple years let's just sell off all the hey you want my next 17 first round picks i'll give them to you for connor mcdavid like it's be a gm mode yeah just ah these picks don't have consequence i can just quit the game yeah start a new one if it doesn't work out you know yeah yeah, and they're they're running three goalies, um, according to uh, Yarmo Kekalainen. So 
Sergey Bobrovsky is definitely gone this offseason because uh, apparently the Blue Jackets have no faith in his playoff abilities, and and uh, they brought in uh, Keith Kincaid to uh, you know, confirm that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So every time I hear Keith Kincaid's name, all I can think of is uh, is I uh, had an English class last year. Um, I don't remember what the class was, but we read a small place by Jamaica Kincaid, and all I can think of is that uh, that novel we read. Mm. And that Carl Kincaid is uh, related to her, maybe. That's oh, beautiful. Yeah, it's a beautiful story. Wait, mm. K- Keith Kincaid. Yeah, I also I also think of Kincaid uh, because Mike almost calls him Carl Kincaid, and uh, yeah, you know, for a guy that works at a sports store, he's not very sports savvy. Well, it's it's a running joke that uh, for all these like mediocre goaltenders in the league, we fuck up their first names. So he calls Tristan Jerry, Tim Jerry. Mm. Um, okay, you know. Alan Georgiev. Sure. Yeah. 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 That's a, must be a wild time at the, at the check. Oh, it's great. Yeah. The Winnipeg Jets acquire forward Kevin Hayes from the New York Rangers in exchange for forward Brendan Lemieux, a 2019 first round pick and a conditional 2022 fourth round pick. I'm telling you, these GMs know something we don't. Yeah. We're not living until 2022, so there's several oh, pieces. Hopefully we will. I would love to see, like, a 2027 pick get moved this summer or something. You know what I mean? Like, let's just get let's just get screwy here. Right. Do you think there are rules that they can only trade, like, up to a certain amount of years in advance? I don't think so. No? So they could just trade... Like, I would love to see Cody well, McLeod get traded for, like, the longest fucking draft pick away that you could think of. Like, yeah. t- like a 2044 seventh round pick. And then by then, like, the, the Predators are hoping that, like, the NHL has to update their systems and, like, they don't process draft picks that far in advance. So, like, the pick just never gets, like, transferred well, you over. you might be onto something because I remember back in the 70s, Sam Pollock, GM of the Montreal Canadiens, was famous for making trades in which he'd acquire <laughs> picks on the road. And one of the picks he acquired was from, like, the California Golden Seals, and by the time the pick got to being around, the team wasn't even, like... And so, like, there was, like, this big thing with, like, the NHL where they had to decide, like, well, how do we factor into this trade with a team that doesn't exist anymore? The Golden Seals, like, they they folded, right? They didn't move? They moved to Cleveland, then they folded. Okay. They were the last pro team No, because I was... I just... I couldn't remember if their bloodline was, like, somehow... You know what I mean? Like, and then they became the Colorado uh, Rockies no. or something, which wouldn't make sense. But yeah, yeah, no, they, uh, yeah. Fun fact about the California Golden Seals is they actually, uh, uh, after folding as a hockey team, they, uh, well, they moved to Cleveland and then uh, they actually became the Browns. Hmm. And then the Browns moved and became the Browns. That's that's or something. That's why like the Cleveland Browns are so bad, is because like forty years ago they had to convert all these hockey players into football players. And they're still kind of like trying to like rebuild the assets from them. See, I, I'll go this far and I'll say it's probably easier to convert a hockey player to a football player than it would be to convert a football player to a hockey player. Boom. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think there's just more like raw athleticism involved with football where hockey is like more technique. Yeah. You know if, what I mean? If there's you more can't technique skate, involved. you can't skate. So. Yeah. <laughs> you can, you can, if you can run, you can run. I mean, obviously, like, I feel like skating might be easier than we think it is because, like, look at, like, Most Valuable Primate, right? Like, they were able to get that ape on the ice, and he, he was, like, the best player out there. He was scoring a bunch of goals. It's just a talented ape. For, for, you, every, you for think, every MVP ape, there's, there's you know, thousands of apes that don't make it Do you think that's leagues. just, like, a freakish ape? Like He's just a talented who, ape. Do you He's think, the Sidney Crosby of apes. Do you think that 
the Mighty Ducks would have been better, like the movie, the Mighty Ducks, like those, like Gordon Bombay's Mighty Ducks would have been better with, no, with, with MVP, with most valuable primate on the team. It's kind of amazing they didn't cross over those two series at any point. Or like have MVPs. Like playing goal. Yeah. Barnyard animals playing sports. I don't know if that would sell. It wouldn't? I don't know. I mean like. Barnyard animals, I think barnyard animals sell, man. Like, Charlotte's Web is a big thing, right? Is it? Yeah. Still? No. Why? Well, it's like a huge, like, cultural icon. I guess. No? (laughs) Or like, Babe Pig in the City, Stuart Little. Like, combine all these animals, make a hockey team. They can play the Space Jam guys. Better yet, they could play the Ottawa Senators. (laughs) (laughs) Who would win in a game? Um... I like to steal for the Jets. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. What do you, you think of the Hayes deal? I like it for both teams. I think it's a good, I think it's a really good deal both ways. Do we think that they ran on Duchesne and then when that didn't come through? Because Duchesne went for a little higher than I thought he was going to go for. Yeah. And then this was kind of like plan B for the Jets? I do think the Jets were in on a lot of guys. And I think that this was the price they wanted to pay. And this was the best asset they could get for this price. Because obviously, you know, Kevin Hayes at this point is more valuable than like Gus Nyquist or Matt Zuccarello. But, you know, the Jets didn't have any interest in giving up Jack Roslevic to get Mark Stone. Yeah. So, and I don't I don't blame them. Like, I... I, I Part of me would have been, I would have been very skeptical if they traded Jack Rosovic because I do think there's quite a bit of talent there. Like I, I think Rosovic is is probably better than most people recognize him being in the future, because when he came into the league, there was a strong belief that he was the next Mark Shifley, and it took Mark Shifley a few years to become Mark Shifley. And Jack Rosovic's pretty fucking good for a guy who's only been in the league for like a year and a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, you could make the argument, is like a staple top six forward for them now. Uh, he just happens to be hurt at this point. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. Like, I'm, I, I I'm think very Kevin, happy they I made think... a move and didn't give away Rosovic. That's, that's what okay. I'm saying. Okay, yeah, no, for, for what think... they gave up to get what they got, I think they had I'm a not good very, day. I'm not very high on Brendan Lemieux either like i i i didn't really care for him and i don't think he was going to be anything more than he already is um he definitely is good enough to play in the league and he'll you know have an opportunity to get more minutes with the rangers now so maybe he will develop into something that i don't think he can um based on the price that some of the other guys were going for today though like i i am curious like they're one of the few first round picks that was given up on mm -hmm. trade deadline day right so like not that their first round pick is hopefully going to be very impactful like again we're, we're talking about probably close to the end of the end of the round that's well, a more valuable pick than the blue jackets right yeah like it's it's at least probably six picks later yeah minimum oh, yeah. so but again like i don't know how many centers were truly available at the end of the day like we, we know about duchene we know about hayes but i don't know like i, I, I like I, hayes what I, just... I like about hayes is hayes is one of the rare players in the league he can play wing or center and be just as effective. There are a lot of centers. If you move them to the wing, they're going to be lost. Like, I don't know if you remember. Uh, right. But, like, I don't the, think the Jets are in need the, of a guy that can play on the wing. Like, they're pretty deep at wing. They needed a guy down the middle. They're fairly deep at center, I think, too, though. Like, Adam Lowry is their sometimes fourth-line center. And he is 
better than most teams' third line centers, right? Sure. So, but I'd rather have Kevin Hayes at the number two spot than like Brian Little at the number two spot. Sure. Oh no, I, I agree with you there. What what I'm saying though is is uh, like you don't know what the next month's going to bring. Like maybe maybe the Jets have fucking Rossovic as a second line center in a month. Like you know what I mean? You, you don't really know with this team because I think there's a lot of potential with the Jets and there's a lot of guys on that team that are playing below what they should be doing uh, as of right now. So I don't know. I, I just like the I like having Kevin Hayes because it gives you that flexibility. And if for some reason they are able to re-sign him. I think moving forward to have a guy like that on your roster, it makes a huge difference because there's not a lot that Kevin Hayes is bad at. Um, he's pretty good at most things. So I, I like it. I think it's a very versatile player who can play a heavy game uh, and that's kind of the Jets' strength. I mean, the amount of of energy it is going to take for a defense to play against Mark Shifley and Kevin Hayes, and Adam Lowry, and Andrew Kopp, every fucking night, like, they are going to wear defenses down, and they're just going to get the puck in deep, and cycle it in the corners, and wear teams the fuck out, man, like, I, I love it, yeah, I love it, no, it's a good trade, yeah. I just, like I said, like, I, I was a little curious when I saw the first round pick, and it just kind of made me wonder, like, you know, what else was out there, yeah. did they miss out on something else, and this was just like a a panic plan B that they knew they kind of had in their back pocket yeah. and wasn't maybe their final goal. Yeah, that's fair. I, I do think that they were in on Kevin Hayes from the beginning. I think uh, Broussard was a guy they were interested in. He kind of played his way out of that. I think Mark Stone was a guy they were interested in. And the price was fair, but I think the Jets kind of realized that they probably wouldn't be able to re-sign Mark Stone. And they would have had just as decent of a chance to sign him in free agency if he ever got there. I, I, I'm fine with them not making anything super knee-jerk and paying a price that it was well-documented that they were willing to pay a month and a half ago. Right. I don't think they gave up anything extra, and I don't think they got any worse of a player than they really thought they were going to get. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's a good deal. Fair. The Montreal Canadiens uh, acquire forward Jordan Wheel from the Arizona Coyotes in exchange for Michael Chap- Chaput. 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 Michael Chapstick. Oh. Yeah. Sure. Thoughts? I, I've i heard of both guys. I, I don't really, like, are, have they played? This? Are they in the AHL? Or are they in the NHL? Or are they... They're NHL players. Are they really? Yep. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jordan Wheel does have some upside, though. Like, Jordan, he's fast. He can play wing. He can play center. Um, he's, he's, not, not... he's not slotted into the Montreal's, like... Starting 12 forwards here. No, not at the moment, but it it does give you options on the fourth line if you have to, right? Because their fourth line uh, was a little sketchy, and they made some moves over the last month to kind of try to help it out a little bit. Um, Because, you know, because I I don't know, man. Like, I don't really like Nate Thompson. I don't really care for Dale Weiss that much, and I do think that there's potential that a guy like Wheel is going to be more impactful against a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs than like a Nate Thompson or a... I'm sorry. The Even if it's fourth line versus fourth line, Trevor Moore's line is going to... Or, well, Frederick Gauthier's line is going to slaughter the Canadiens' fourth line. Like, they need some speed. They need some guys that can play up against speed. Jordan Wheel's got enough speed. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you turn him into something. Maybe you don't. He, uh... 44 career points in 153 games. This is his... Fourth team. Who was he drafted by? Oh, you can see. I 
didn't see, but who would you um, guess? Pittsburgh, L.A. Kings. Yeah, sure. Close. The uh, fuck future considerations gets around. Okay. Oh, so okay. No. So the the Florida Panthers reacquired future considerations from the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for Thomas Yurko. Do you think there's multiple players named Future Considerations? Well, because yeah, I'm looking at the trade after this one, and I'm, I'm getting a little confused now, because it seems like he was in two deals at the same time for what, the um, same two teams. What uh, what kind of name is that? Dutch? Yeah. <laughs> East Dutch. Um, okay, but what? in all seriousness, what, what was interesting about this trade is, so the Hurricanes acquired Thomas Yurko for Future Considerations from the Panthers. At, at the exact same moment, another trade got announced that the Florida Panthers had acquired forward Cliff Poo from the Carolina Hurricanes. Now, we'll get to the Poo jokes in a minute, but it's very rare to see two teams exchange a player for future considerations at the same time. And for what it's worth, because I know a lot of people did not understand what happened, is Cliff Poo is on a <laughs> is on a AHL contract. And Thomas Yurko's on an NHL contract. You cannot trade an AHLer for an NHLer uh, if they're on two different types of deals. So if Cliff Poo were signed to an NHL deal but playing in the AHL, he could have been traded for Yurko, but that's not the case. Yeah. So that's what happened there. Um, do you have any Poo jokes ready to go yet? Uh, not the moment. Like I mean, like going into Florida, it'd be nice if like maybe you know him and Panarin could team up and have like a nice little uh, little bit of chemistry working in uh, South Florida. Uh, he's definitely a byproduct of uh, you know what Artemi Panarin can be, uh, but uh, beyond that, uh, no, there there are no uh, impending Cliff Poo jokes. Would you say that it's an X X? Ah, fuck, I was going to try to make an excellent and an X lax sort of comparison. Uh, Is it an X laxent deal for the Florida Panthers? It certainly helps them shed some of the issues out at the back end, but. <laughs> Yep. He's a bottom six guy. Oh, right? God. <laughs> but I don't know if he's ever going to be much more than that. So. No? No. Yeah, I don't have anything. Yeah. It's... That's... <laughs> Jesus. Uh, that's a real trade that happened, folks. This is... Uh, we're nothing but the best. Oh, f- speaking of the Florida Panthers, uh, the Florida Panthers trade forward Derek Brassard and a conditional 2026th round pick to the Colorado Avalanche in exchange for a 2023rd round pick. Good for the Avs. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Buy low. Yeah. Buy low, and, and honestly, there is a decent chance. Because if, if Derek Brassard is what he was, um, this is a highway robbery Yeah, by the Avalanche. Because you're talking about a guy who, two years ago, was a, I would consider a higher-end second-line center. Right, Like yeah. a very good second-line center. We're, we're, we're down to... It's not Malkin, but... Malkin's not a second line center. He yeah. just plays on a second line. We're down to we're down to four teams now, essentially, for the the final two wild card spots in the West, as far as I'm concerned. And if you know, like Colorado's, they're there, but they're not at the same time. Like I, I find them to be very difficult to read as a team because currently they are holding down the second wild card spot. They're tied with the Wild with 68 points, but you got. You got Dallas and Arizona chasing you, and I think I'm I'm a believer in Arizona. Like I I I think that you know the injuries have really slowed them down, and if they don't make it, ultimately 
that's going to be the reason why. But they're starting to get some of these guys back off the IR. Um, call that, you know, their deadline, you know, deals. And I, I think Arizona, they're not done yet. Like, I, I think they've got a little bit more fight left in their season. Dallas, obviously, I think they were going to be a factor up until they lost out on Zuccarello. And now it's just, I, I don't know. They're, they're kind of blowing in the wind as far as I'm concerned. I, I don't think Dallas is going to be able to make, you know, a, a reasonable push to get back into this race. Um, so Colorado, you know, it, it almost comes down to a, a bit of a coin flip that one of them or Minnesota is going to fall out, as far as I'm concerned, for Arizona. And I like what Colorado did. Wait, you, you think Arizona's going to make it? Is that I think I think they're going to make it. You, you're, yeah. you're on, yes! No. Oh, I want to hug you oh, right wow. now. You're on right. the team? Yeah. Oh, man, that's awesome. I, I, I'm so happy that well, someone else yeah. doesn't look at me like I'm fucking crazy when I say that Arizona's going to make it. They're, they're definitely going to get ahead of Dallas. Man, it's just whether like, or not one of those two teams ahead of them falls okay, out. Here, here's the thing, because I, I can't remember who I was having this argument with the other day that was saying that Arizona fucking sucks. Arizona is three points out of a wild card spot, and they are the only one of those teams that has a fucking excuse to be, like, in this shitty race. Because this is a team that's missing Christian Dvorak. They're missing Nick Schmaltz. They're missing Jason Demers. They're missing their number one goaltender. Like, I haven't even scratched the surface of the guys they're missing. They haven't had Grabner in a while. Like... Dvorak's back now, but... Is he, is he, he back now? I know what you Thank mean. Like, he's been gone God. for a while. Well, he was gone, so, yeah. yeah. When did he break his leg? Early yeah. November? Exactly. And, I mean, that's the other thing, too. He, right, right? He broke his leg, right? I don't know. It was something small in the leg. Like, it wasn't, like, the femur. But, like, he did break something yeah. in the leg, so... But, regard, like, that's not an easy injury to come back from. Even no. though he is back, like, I don't know if he's going to be Christian Dvorak for sure. a little while. Yeah. Um, look, like, I... I, I Yeah, I agree with you. I think... Arizona's going to make the playoffs. So, we'll get but, to that I guess in a minute. Yeah, right? so but like so just to get back to what I'm saying like I think that one of Colorado and Minnesota is going to fall out as a result because someone has to yeah. make way for Arizona. And I like what Colorado did at the deadline better than I did like thought what like Minnesota didn't really Especially in me. the short term anyway. Minnesota didn't become a better team no today. No. Than they were a week ago. They're not necessarily worse, but they're not better. That's so. that's up for debate I think, but regardless like you're right. They didn't. They didn't get better in the short term. So they, they are on a nice little winning streak right now. I, I'll give credit where credit's due. Like they've they've given themselves an opportunity to stay afloat huh? and keep themselves in this thing. But I don't. Know huh? <laughs> you have a question, Tim. They're on a winning streak, four in a row. Jesus Christ. Trader Trader Paul looks like he knows what he's doing there. Yeah, apparently, in, uh, in Minnesota, yeah, Coyle was the problem. Um, yeah, I like this deal for the Avalanche. Yeah. Uh, like I said, it's a it's a buy low sort of situation. Uh, at its worst, you gave away a third round pick next year and you tried something out. At its best, you're talking about a guy that used to average sixty points a year in second line minutes, and a guy that's a lot of playoff experience the last few years too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I wrote an article uh, uh, like a month ago on who I thought the Jets would get at the deadline, and I was one and a half out of two correct because I said if they didn't get Broussard, they'd get Hayes. And I also said they'd get Nathan Beaulieu. Mm. Um, and then they made like seven other trades. But when I was looking it up, like Broussard has played 90 playoff games in his career, 59 points in those games. They have all come since 2013. Like he's been on a deep playoff run almost every year uh, that he's been in the league 
since he left Columbus. Right. So, I don't know. I, I like it for Colorado. He scored already, too. He's got a goal in two games. Yeah, didn't he play the Panthers, like, that yeah, day they I'm, were... I'm pretty sure that only the only players that got traded were if they played their old team that ah, night. Because there were, there were so many examples of that. There's a few of that, yeah. The Red Wings, I think, with San Jose, they played, like, Nyquist, yep. Nyquist played against them the next day. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But, um, yeah, I like it for Chicago. Or, uh, sorry, Colorado. By low... <laughs> I don't like it for Chicago, because I think Colorado got better. But, Good. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets acquired defenseman Adam McQuaid from the New York Rangers in exchange for, huh, Julius Bergman, who they had acquired for Matt Duchesne. Yep. With Matt Duchesne. Yep. Uh, a 2019 fourth-round pick and a 2019 seventh-round pick. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess when you're all in, you're all in, but it's, it's kind of a... I definitely like the idea of having NHL-caliber players in your system i for those of you who are not aware uh in terms of like corsi and possession uh, adam mcquade is one of the worst players in the nhl yeah but he's an nhler nonetheless so i don't i don't really know where he's gonna actually i might even still have it open here was he playing for torts back in like when torts was in new york has he was he in the rangers that long no no he, he was on boston last year this was his first year in new york maybe second Wow. He hasn't been there very long. Right. Uh, out of 217 defensemen in the NHL that have played more than 30 games, Adam McQuaid, he's 191st in relative Corsi out hmm. of 217 players. Keep in, keep in mind most of the guys below him are on like the Senators or the or the Red Wings. That's <laughs> not great. I mean, like the Blue Jackets, they're, they're missing Ryan Murray. So that yeah. helps, I guess, but yeah. I don't love it. Like, I, I think they could have found something it's fine. else. It's fine. A it's, little better. It seems kind of like a steep price to me because I feel like Julius Bergman is kind of like a decent prospect, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the Calgary Flames acquire Oscar Fantenberg from the Los Angeles Kings in exchange for a conditional 2024th round pick. I don't know what the condition is. I actually am pretty high on Oscar Fantenberg. Um, I think this is a sneaky good deal for the Flames. I think they get a pretty strong bottom pairing defenseman, um, who hopefully is going to play regular minutes. But even if he doesn't, he is definitely a guy you don't have to worry about hopping into your lineup if there's an injury. Um, honestly, might be one of the most underrated players in the in the league. I would say, like he he is sneakily a very good defender. He's almost like Nick Jensen, just not as good. Yeah, they like the Flames just lost uh, Shillington uh, earlier in the week, so this oh, definitely yeah. yeah that's not. This, That's this not great. helps fill a bit of a hole for them at least. And you're, you're right. He might not see regular minutes, you know, once uh, Shillington and Stone are back. But... I mean, if there's a Flames fan out there listening and you don't know a lot about Oscar Fantenberg, like this is a guy who played alongside Drew Doughty on a regular basis and was fine. Yeah. Like he wasn't, he wasn't fucking Adam Foot out there, but like he was pretty solid. Right. So I like this for the Flames. I think I think it's a sneaky deal. Now, what I was going to talk to you about, and I, and I didn't find out about this until last night, and I'm not even sure if you know about it, but apparently uh, the Flames also agreed to a deal with the Minnesota Wild to acquire Jason Zucker, and the deal did not get reported to the league office by 3 p.m., so the trade got nixed. Really? Um, but Pierre Lebrun confirmed that there was an agreement in place. Um, cause you said you were at work. So I, I was watching the deadline and like, it was two thirty, and I believe it was Pierre Lebrun reported that there was a backup at the central registry office already. 
So he's like, trades are going to be coming in, and he's like, I wouldn't be surprised if a deal or two doesn't go through. Mm. So unfortunately, this is the deal that didn't go through. Now, what was going back to the wild, no one knows quite yet. I could only imagine James Neal, but like, Neal's hurt. So I don't know if they could make that work legally. That might have been another thing that kind of held up the deal. Um, Because cap-wise... They can't really, like, the Flames just can't make that work unless they trade a roster player. Like, they just can't. No. So, in maybe, terms of maybe cap hits, like, maybe. He's been kind of in and out maybe. of lineup, but. I mean, you'd rather Zucker than Froelich, for sure. Yeah. Although, I I think you'd rather move Neil out than mm-hmm. Froelich, but I could be wrong. Yeah. I think there's, I think there's still a lot of hope that James Neal's going to be James Neal at some point here. And. I mean, he certainly doesn't hurt, hurt you come playoff time. Like, he's not bad enough that he can't play. But he certainly hasn't been anything to get excited about right. this year. Yeah. So. No. Yeah. But we'll, but we'll never know. The Nashville Predators acquire forward Mikhail Granlund from the Nashville... No, from the Minnesota Wild uh, in exchange for forward Kevin Fiala. The trade is one for one. What are your thoughts this is one of the weirder deals I think I've seen in a long time. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't really get it. I don't, I don't really know what the Wild are trying to do. Like I thought they, I did... think, I think there's some belief with Fiala that he hasn't really scratched the surface of his potential yet, and I'm willing to buy that narrative. I don't know if I fully agree with it, but I think there is some belief that Fiala's packing more heat than maybe we're all aware of. Now, a friend of ours, uh, John, who will be on the podcast to fucking share some of his interesting views later in the season, um, he his thought was Mikhail Granlin's floor is Kevin Fiala's ceiling, which I definitely don't agree with. But I think Fiala is potentially a 60-point winger. I think you're talking about like a second-line winger, though, with Fiala. Yeah, in terms of, and I don't on a wonder. Good team. I don't wonder if this trade maybe doesn't look as bad as it does if we ever, you know, if we ever found out what that Zucker trade looked like, yeah. you know. But yeah, it's very possible that uh, it's very possible the Wild were getting Sam Bennett or something, and they were going to help recharge his sure. career or something like that. Yeah, uh, I mean, look, I, I think this is a. I don't see any way Nashville loses this deal. I think at best it's going to end up being a draw because I do think Mikhail Granlin's also not hit his ceiling yet. Like, I think both of these guys are going to do better with their new teams than they were doing with their old teams. Yeah. Um, because clearly these teams value the other asset more than the one they traded. Um, I think Granlin's going to fit in well in Nashville. I think Kevin Fiala's long-term implications in Minnesota is really going to depend... Uh, what goes on at the center ice position for the Wild in the next few years? Because, like, they've got Eric Stahl re-signed for another couple of years. So, I mean, you know, that is what it is. But, um, like, what's going to happen with Koivu after the season? Uh, what's going to happen with Victor Rask long term? Is he playing center ice? Is he playing at all? Like, what what's going to happen there? Um, is Correct. Ryan Donato a guy you're moving to center ice? Do you like him better there than on the wing? Like, it all sort of depends who Fiala is going to be playing with. And I think the one thing that worries me about the Wild right now is I don't necessarily know who is going to be on this team in a year. Other oh. than probably Eric Stahl, Eric Stahl and Ryan Donato. <laughs> like, I, I, 
I I don't know who else up front because it seems like they're trying to move Zucker. You know, um, Nita Ryder's gone now. Like, who who the hell else do they even have up front other than, like, Greenway, Coonan? Like, this roster's going to turn over. The Minnesota Wild are going to be the um, offer sheet team of the summer. I just, oh, fuck. Offer sheet here, offer sheet there, offer them, sheet you. Them and everyone else. Yeah. If, they, if they have the cap room, sure. Yeah, why not? Yeah. What else we got? Oh, the Vegas Golden Knights acquire forward Mark Stone and forward Tobias Lindbergh from the Ottawa Senators in exchange for defenseman Eric Brandstrom, forward Oscar Lindbergh, and a 2020 second-round pick from the Dallas Stars. Um, the Senators make this trade because they can only they only have one Lindbergh jersey, so they had to throw in Tobias Lindbergh because they couldn't make up a second Lindbergh jersey. Was Tobias Lindbergh there and they just when Oscar him. Lindbergh was there last? Because this is his now his second stint in Ottawa. What? Yeah, Oscar. The when Oscar, did Oscar Lindbergh oh, ever play for Ottawa? Oh, the Oscar Lindbergh trade tree is quite amusing. Huh. I don't. I don't remember that. I thought he was just a Coyote and a and a Ranger, and that was it. Or maybe it wasn't even a Coyote. Maybe I don't even know who Oscar Lindbergh is. No, he never played there. Just Rangers in Vegas. He scored in his debut. But it's Tobias I'm thinking of. Yeah, Tobias has been there a couple times. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, okay, so this obviously was the big trade leading into the deadline. This was obviously going to be the big fish. Um, I thought there were some very interesting opinions on the internet, and there always are when there's moves of this magnitude. What were your thoughts on the Stone deal? Uh, we should add it comes with an eight-year extension uh, for Mark Stone in Vegas. He signs immediately starting next year. Uh, $76 million uh, worth 9.5 against the cap. Yeah, Vegas uh, Vegas got a taste of that Stanley Cup, and they wanted they wanted the whole fucking thing, didn't they? Because mm-hmm. that is a deal. That To get him signed up immediately when, very, he, get, when he gets in there. Like very that's... rarely do I say this fucking beautiful move by vegas like absolutely beautiful yeah i uh (laughs) vegas is weird man because like i told you last week like i definitely didn't hate vegas last year i embraced the whole you know golden misfits thing and it's not like i was like i hope vegas wins the cup but if they won it i definitely wouldn't have been upset last year like good for them whatever they they were great and then vegas plays the jets they knock the jets out of my ass fuck vegas and then, like, yeah, cheer for Vegas again. And then every time the Jets or the Leafs play Vegas, I hate Vegas. And then the Leafs played Vegas, like, however long ago that was, a couple weeks ago. And Braden McNabb took out Andreas Janssen. And he's, like, smiling in the box. I'm like, that's it. I fucking hate Vegas. They're my most hated team. And then, like, a week later, they get Mark Stone. And it's like, I fucking, I, like, I can't cheer against this team. I love everything about them. Yeah. I love this deal. Yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. I I think like Vegas was kind of stuck in no man's land, kind of like how the Leafs were last year. They've got third place in that Pacific Division like wrapped up. Like they can coast mm-hmm. into the playoffs. Um, there's no need to get fancy. There's yeah, they're no need to not likely moving up or down. Although, oh. well, I mean, how far how far would it be to move up? Eleven points, even still, because like I I I definitely see Vegas going on a bit of a tear now, but I. I don't think they can catch those teams. Like, uh, San Jose or Cal... Well, definitely not Calgary, but San Jose would have to really fall apart. So, yeah, I think you're right. They're firmly in that third spot. Yeah. So, 
and I, I think this is their way of kind of attempting to keep pace when on paper they're not really going to be able to keep pace to a degree. Like it, it's going to look like they like really came up short in third place in the division, but come playoff time, I think this is a big factor. Like, I, I don't think the San Jose Sharks can handle the Vegas Golden Knights in the first round bringing in Mark Stone up front. Like that's that's a I, game changer. I I'm I'm not I'm not gonna lie, man. I think that's who comes out of the Pacific division now. Yeah. Like I, I think like... that makes the I I watched his debut the other night. They played Dallas. And granted, like the first two I only saw the third. So I missed the first two periods where it was an even game. I can't remember the last time I saw a team truck another NHL team like that, other than unless they were like the Ottawa Senators. But Dallas is a decent team. Vegas fucking crushed them the other night, man. Dallas got one shot in the third period. Mm. And it was like, every time I looked up, it was the Carlson line, pure speed. I looked down, I looked back up, Mark Stone line, pure forecheck, forcing turnovers left and right. Like, they are dangerous now. Absolutely dangerous. This is huge for them. Yeah, I mean, like, huge trade. They'll go as far as Marc Andre Fleury allows them to go, as far as I'm concerned. Which I'm, I'm, I'm buying him still, man. Yeah, no, he's, I, I he's don't. looking pretty good. He's going to be in tough against that that Flames offense when it comes time to to, to saddle up. I I agree with you for the most part, but what I I will account for now is I think Vegas is one of the few teams that can actually defend the Flames offense now. Like Vegas can do to Calgary what Calgary does to other teams, albeit to a lesser extent because I mean Vegas doesn't have a Johnny Goudreau or anything like that but you know I I think Vegas is capable of beating the Flames any way they want to beat them because if it's going to be a defensive battle like Vegas is going to win if it's going to be a track meet I'm not sold Vegas loses that automatically like I think it's you think Vegas wins a defensive battle defensive battle yeah Calgary's not very good defensively neither is Vegas I like Calgary's defense better than I like Vegas' defense. Well, Vegas acquired Mark Stone, who's probably the best defensive forward in the league. They already have Max Pacioretty, who's like a top 10 defensive forward in the league. I'm talking about the guys that play defense. The defensemen. Uh, Well, yeah. I I, I don't know. I I think the bigger thing here for me is that Vegas can win the defensive battle because they can have the puck more than Calgary, potentially. Potentially, I'm not saying that, but um, I don't know. I, I I just I don't think Vegas. I, I think that's your semifinal matchup, though. Like I, I see no way San Jose gets past eh, Vegas. I'll give San Jose some credit. Like these are three pretty good teams now. I think because I I definitely like San Jose. I definitely like Calgary. Um, but Vegas is a contender now. I think, and I don't think they were before the trade. Yeah, the home the home ice thing might be a factor. Yeah, they they wouldn't have that against either of those two teams. Mm-hmm. They could get out coached in some degree in that you know in that respect. Like, oh yeah, Mark Stone's in this. Okay, well we're not going to put you know the Goudreau line out against Mark Stone because you're just not going to produce against him, right? So maybe they they get picked apart a little bit there. But you're right. You think like, Vegas is going to get out coached? They could get out coached <laughs> because if your defense runs through the pass for Stone line for an anti Bill Peters guy and you're going after Gerard Gallant, I was like, give me a fucking break, man. Oh you know, yeah. I'm just saying like you can, you can keep away the Goudreau line from the stone line. If you had to in the playoffs is what I'm saying. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 if, if Vegas had home ice, we're having a different conversation, I think. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I 
Something about the Flames, man. I I don't know. Really? I'm not sold. Like, I I like them. Like, I know I just said I like them, but I'm not as ready to talk about them as, like, this immovable object kind of thing the way a lot of other people are. I, I don't know. I think they're the last Canadian team standing. There are teams below them in the standings that can beat them, for sure. And I would argue a lot of those teams in the Central can at least give them a good battle. Mm. Um, but whether or not they will, who knows? Yeah, Flames might show up, do what they can do, and sweep every team. It's hard to say. Uh, but back on the Stone trade, for the Ottawa Senators, this is as probably as good of an outcome as you were going to get given the circumstances. Because you were either going to lose him for nothing, you were going to get as not as good of a prospect and probably a first-round pick that was, you know, maybe going to be something, or you were going to get this deal. Yeah. Like, that was it. You you can't honestly tell me that the Senators took the worst deal on the table if there was, like, the Blue Jackets offering Gabriel Carlson and a first-round pick. Like, a I'd, I'd rather Eric Brandstrom, a guy that is a slam-dunk prospect. At least you know you're getting something for Mark Stone that is going to make an impact on your team in a few years. And they could have brought in a huge bunch of picks, but like the way I look at the Senators, man, and I, I think this is something people underrate about that organization, they don't spend a lot of money on their scouting. Mm-hmm. They've done a pretty decent job drafting, like sneaky for sure. They don't spend a lot of money on scouts, man. This isn't the Toronto Maple Leafs. This isn't the Tampa Bay Lightning where, you know, that is their focus. They have, from what I'm told, one of the smallest scouting staffs in the NHL. And I think there's something to be said for the fact that at least they know what they're getting in Brandstrom. They didn't really gamble here, I don't think. I think they took the sure thing, and I think they were right to do so. Uh, It's not a Vegas second-round pick either. Which is like that you gotta point yeah. that out because you're if it's a Vegas second round pick you're looking at more around yeah. like a third round pick. This is possibly a high second round, late first Could, kind of yeah, pick. Yeah. Yeah. You never Could know be. with Dallas. So um, yeah, I, I I think they made out really well. I don't really understand the sentiment of people saying that um, they should have got a first round pick for him. I I, I, I don't know, man. It, it is all kind of what you do with that first round pick. First round picks are a dice roll to me. And, you know, sure, it's nice to have a first-round pick. Obviously, you'd rather have the pick earlier. But I'm saying if a second-round pick was the difference between this deal falling apart, if I'm Ottawa, like, you don't really have much leverage here. Vegas kind of has the leverage in this situation. The The other teams have the leverage. Yeah. You're losing this guy. And, like, let's, let's back up a They're little bit. They're bidding against like, each other. Let's assume Vegas had a first-round pick to trade this year. You're, what, 10 to 15 spots back than you would have been anyway? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you griping over at that point? Yeah, no, so. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't understand the sentiment of people thinking that uh, Dorian got fleeced here or something. I think he did as good as he could. As good oh, as he could. don't get me wrong. Dorian got fleeced, but not by the Vegas Golden Knights. No. So, no, he, yeah. he, he, he or his owner screwed him years ago, and this is just the ripple effect of everything yeah. that's happened up to this point. Exactly. Like, this trade was a done deal years ago, but it's all just kind of come to a head now. Yeah. And If you can't you know, pay your superstars, you don't deserve to have them, so... Like, I don't know, man. Mark Stone strikes me as the type of guy. He's not leaving unless you give him a reason to, and he had as good a reason as anyone 
Yeah. Probably more of a reason than Tavares to get the fuck out of there. Sure. Tavares made a choice. I think Stone had to do this, man. Um, so good for good for Mark Stone, good for everyone. I don't know. I think that's going to work out for both sides. Probably better for Vegas in the short term, but um, there's a really good chance that the Senators acquired a potential Norris Trophy winning defenseman there one day. So mm-hmm. you never know. The Nashville Predators acquire forward Wayne Simmons from the Philadelphia Flyers in exchange for forward Ryan Hartman and a conditional 2024th round pick. Again, I think the Flyers did as good as they could given the circumstances. I like the idea that they get a player on a friendly contract that plays a similar game to Wayne Simmons, albeit he's uh, doesn't look like he's going to be scoring 30 goals anytime soon, but neither does Wayne Simmons. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I think it's good. The Flyers get a guy who can play right now, arguably just as good as Simmons right now, because Simmons still seems like he's dealing with some effects from the injury from last year. Um, Nashville gets uh, Wayne Simmons. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't love Wayne Simmons. Um, I think he was kind of a little overhyped. I, I loved Wayne Simmons, but he's not Wayne Simmons yeah. anymore. He yeah, was like, a little like, overhyped. That, that's something, man. Like pe- People who just watch highlights and like casually like pay attention to the game, in a lot of cases, you are what you were. Some people, and it takes people years to kind of realize that these players have come down and, and fallen off a cliff. Like, we're in a fantasy hockey league with a guy who still thinks Spezza is, like, a better player in the league, and he's not. Like, Simmons is not Wayne Simmons anymore. Wayne Simmons is basically Ryan Hartman at this point, Mm -hmm. who's not great. Um, I I, I don't know. I think it's playoff experience for Nashville. I think it's uh, a guy who definitely gives us all. You, You can give Wayne Simmons that much, not that Hartman doesn't. Um, if Simmons finds his game, you definitely got the better player. Worst case scenario, he doesn't, and I don't. I think it's just a lateral move at, at the worst I'm, case. I'll say this much: I'm, I'm glad Nashville went out and got Garandland because if it was just Simmons that they picked up, I yeah wouldn't have loved their day. It's scary, yeah. But they can kind of oh Simmons isn't what we thought he was. Okay, now he slides back to where we had Granlund. Granlund can slide Granlund, up. Yeah, so, Granlund's going to get major minutes, I would think. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. They, like Nashville had to do something to respond to Kevin Hayes going to to Winnipeg, and. I would argue Winnipeg had a better deadline than Nashville, but I definitely think Nashville got better. Yeah. And I think they needed to, um, to respond to what Winnipeg's done. Because even though Winnipeg's sputtering right now, like, Winnipeg was very good last year, and they are doing very well considering they're not playing very well this year, and that's kind of a scary factor, right? So, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Nashville's going to want to hold on to that division lead as long as they can, and yeah. I think this helps them, but yeah. I don't know if it's enough. So yeah, we'll no, it's, it's hard to say. Time will tell. The St. Louis Blues acquire defenseman Michael Delzato from the Anaheim Ducks in exchange for a 2019 sixth-round pick. Now, I'm sure Delzato was very disappointed to learn uh, that none of his favorite porn stars live in St. Louis. Okay. You don't remember that? No. You don't remember this story? No. Have you heard about this? <laughs> No. <laughs> You're going to want to hear this, Blues fans. Um, Michael Delzato was involved in like a, uh, a TMZ-level story uh, a few years ago about how uh, porn star Lisa Ann called him out for uh, like texting her creepy shit and like being kind of clingy. And like, if, a, if a porn star is finding you creepy, they're pretty open-minded individuals. Michael Delzato has been nothing if not an interesting character in his NHL Michael Delzato so. is a weird fucking dude, man. Like, for sure. I, I, I've heard that many times. 
And I think there is something to be said for a guy that hops around quite as much as he does, uh, like getting traded and everything like that. That said, I don't hate this for St. Louis because I think they needed a bit of depth back there. He's your your eighth guy now. I I don't think he's going to play very often, but um, if someone were to get hurt, because like, here's something I should acknowledge because I was chirping him a month or two ago. Jay Bomeister has had quite a career resurgence since uh, Jordan Bennington has come in. Like Jay, Jay Bomeister, how that worked? Jay Bomeister sort of looks like Jay Bomeister again, which is yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. So I don't know if he was dealing with some sort of an injury the first half of the year, but whatever it is, good for Jay because yeah, I, I like uh, Jay Bomeister. His Jake Allen was acting up. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, he pulled his Jake Allen. Yeah. If only uh, Jake Allen got pulled. If only we could all pull our Jake. If Allen's. only we could all just fuck. They should have found a way to trade him. Um, I don't know. You're the Blues guy. What do you think? For a six, that's it fine. Helps. It's, yeah. Why not? Again, like I like it. He, he's Experience. only going to be a factor if Experience. there is another injury on the back end. Um, Gunnarsson will be back soon. Um, he's not getting in above guys like Bortuzzo and Dunn. So, yeah. If, if a couple guys go down, it's nice to have him back there. Because the... the the, the uh, minor team doesn't have a lot to work with. There's not a lot of guys that are going to be able to come up and, and fill the role in the playoffs. And again, like, you got to talk, this is a team that we, you know, I, I don't think them themselves thought they were going to be in a position to buy at the deadline a month ago. So the level of connections or, you know, like, calls being made uh, has only been a factor over the last couple of weeks. So probably not a lot of time to make something happen. This was probably the best they were ever going to do. So it's fine. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, The Boston Bruins acquire forward Marcus Johansson from the New Jersey Devils in exchange for a 2019 second round pick and a 2020 fourth round pick. Now, a lot of people, including like Pierre Lebrun, was saying that this was sort of a response to the fact that they didn't get Wayne Simmons. I would rather this trade if I'm Boston. I think Boston... Not dodged a bullet, but I think Boston did better here to get Johansson than they did Simmons. Yeah. Like, Simmons fits more into Boston's identity. The good thing with Johansson is, like, if Marshawn gets hurt tomorrow and misses significant time, Johansson can slot in on that line, and he's not going to be Marshawn, but he can do pretty well there. Like, you can play Marcus Johansson anywhere in your lineup, and we've said it how many times in this episode... That's a very valuable thing this time of year. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting a little worried about Boston. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I'm not I'm not feeling fantastic about it. But uh, I will say this, and I said this to you yesterday: is I, I still maintain the Leafs being better than Boston this year, where I didn't feel that way last year or any year previous for like the last 150 years. I I do like I do like this move by Boston, though. I think this is a good move. Yeah, they they shored up some of their issues. Like they they're getting Pasternak back, uh, you know, about a week or two. And uh, well, you never know. As long as he doesn't attend any more sponsorship dinners, no more galas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we've we've all been there. Yeah, yeah. The Winnipeg Jets acquire forward Matt Hendricks from the Minnesota Wild in exchange for a twenty twenty seventh round pick. This is one of the few times where I'm going to say this, and I'm not going to be sarcastic about it. It's a good guy in the room. He's a very, very good guy to have on your, in your room. I'm very nervous if Matt Hendricks gets into the Jets lineup because he did a few years ago and he was horrendous. 
and he's only gotten older since then, as do most people. Uh, but I think the Jets, it's a character move by the Jets. I don't know how he's going to fit in, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, I, I don't see him being a, a nightly kind of guy. Again, this is someone that might play if you have some injuries, and at the very least, you've had him before, you know what you're getting, Paul Maurice can work with him, and if he does have to play, you know how to handle him, Yeah. as opposed to trying to figure out how to handle a guy that you don't know. Yep. No, so, I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins acquire defenseman Eric Goodbranson from the Vancouver Canucks in exchange for forward Tanner Pearson. Is it time to put Rutherford in a home, or is it just gonna we're gonna let this continue to happen? Or I think we're gonna come back to this trade because right. I I think yeah I've got some things to say. Okay. The Winnipeg Jets acquire defenseman Nathan Beaulieu for from the Buffalo Sabers in exchange for a 2019 sixth round pick. Love yeah, I mean, it. I mean, like, where was Bolio going to play now that Montour was there, right? So, you know, you, know, you got to make room to <laughs> add room. Um, Bolio asked for a trade a, a while ago, and uh, first off, good for good on Buffalo for honoring that request. I definitely have respect for organizations that give these guys another opportunity when they're unhappy with what they're getting. Um, to me, Nathan Bolio, I, I think this is a fucking great trade by the Jets. Like, I, I'm pretty high on Nathan Bolio. I think. He he's not young, but there's there's some untapped potential there. I still think uh, I, I think there's something to be said for him. What this is to me is a a better version of the Joe Morrow move that they made last year, and I Joe Morrow is is a valuable defenseman for the Winnipeg Jets. He's injured right now. Bufflin's injured. Uh, Morrissey's injured. These guys are all going to miss time right now. Bufflin might get in again soon, but it's it's touch and go as far as I understand. Um, and it's worth noting, Sharat has been hurt this year. Kulikov has been hurt this year. I think Truba was hurt, but I don't know for sure. And Myers has been hurt. Like, every single member of this Jets decor has been hurt this year. Mm-hmm. Including Sammy Niku. Like... They need to be ready because I'm not sure how healthy this blue line is. And that could be part of the reason why they're struggling lately. A lot of these guys might be playing with injuries as far as we know. Right. I think Nathan Beaulieu is going to be a, actually a pretty significant factor for the Jets moving forward here in the well, in the playoff push. Only if he can get into the lineup over our next, uh, our next name. Oh, the uh, Winnipeg Jets acquired defenseman Bogdan Kisselvich from the Florida Panthers for a 2021 seventh round pick. We did it. We we won. We got Kisselvich. True or false? Real trade. You can email us at uh, lacedupodcast at yahoo.ca and let us know if you think this is a real player. I thought we were a Gmail account. I don't know. Yeah. Um, don't email us. Uh, <laughs> again, depth good player over in Russia that's still trying to adjust to um, the NHL. They get him for almost nothing because he wasn't working out in Florida. Whatever. It's added depth because, yeah. as I mentioned, they're going to need it. Yeah, So definitely. Whatever. Good for the Jets there. The Vancouver Canucks trade forward Linus Carlson to the San Jose Sharks for... No. Uh, the Vancouver close. Canucks get, Lin- get Linus Carlson. From the San Jose Sharks in exchange for uh, forward Jonathan Dolan, son of Alf Dolan. Nice. Former teammate of uh, Eric Carlson. True. Yeah. 
Maybe that's maybe maybe it's not Nyquist. Maybe it's maybe this is all like Papa you know, Ulf and Papa Carlson were yeah. you know old buddies back in the day. So. Yeah, Papa Ulf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alf. Um, yeah, but, Doug. I'd like Carlson. You got him. Not that Carlson. No, not that Carlson either. You're gonna have our third Carlson. <laughs> The Toronto Maple Leafs acquire forward Nick Patan from the Winnipeg Jets in exchange for forward Par Lindholm. Good management. Um, that's that's good player management. Very good trade for the Leafs, I think, because they're going to need someone to play next year for cheap. And I uh, <laughs> and <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> I think there's something to be said for Nick Patan. I think there's still some. I think there's something there, man. Like sure. I, I've been pretty high on Nick Patan for years, um, but it's illegal and it's hard to find. Him and the goat, the old buddies back in the old uh, World Junior days, yeah. back when Goat was not putting up eight points a season. Yeah, um, I, I think the Leafs can develop this kid into something, and I, I think it's a smart move. At its worst, it's probably. A similar type of acquisition that Tyler Ennis was for this year. At its best, though, you could be looking at a guy who can play higher up in that lineup. So, yeah, we'll, mean, you, uh, we'll you, see. You're losing Lynn Holman uh, in the summer. Yeah, Patan is already cheaper than Lynn Holman this season. You have him for next season. It's just asset Patan management. Patan fits in better for Toronto, Sh- I think, in the yeah, short he's, term. He's a, he's a guy that can actually play the wing. So. The Jets here, I think, just get a depth move for someone that can... Kill penalties. Win face-offs. Parlinholm was a very good centerman. Yeah, he when is He too. was taking face-offs. Yeah. He didn't get to do well, it. Well, it, it gives you the option to move Andrew Kopp up in your lineup, which I think is something the Jets... Want to do. Want to do and probably should do, but we'll uh, we'll see where that goes. So, I don't know. I, I think the Leafs actually end up winning that deal in the long run, but um, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? The Pittsburgh Penguins acquired defenseman Chris Weidman. From the Florida Panthers in exchange for forward John Sebastian Dea. 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 Fuck. Do you think he's a Dea agent? It'd be the perfect cover. Hank. Is it Hank Schrader? Yeah. Schrader Brow. Yeah. <laughs> um, <sighs> this is the fourth team for Chris Weidman this year. Yeah. Seems the, uh, to be. It's the fourth bad defenseman pickup by uh, Mr. Rutherford. So. It's all coming together. Well, someone's got to play once uh, Eric Branson finds his way to the press box. The Winnipeg Jets acquire... Oh, look at this! We're done! This is it! That's the last trade of the day! Nice. And it's the biggest trade of the day. The Winnipeg Jets acquire forward Alex Broadhurst for future considerations. Uh, Future considerations breaks the NHL trade deadline record having been dealt uh, five times today. Six times? Six times today. Yeah. So he's he's hopped around, but ultimately he's going to be in Columbus. Uh, joining us on the line is Future Considerations. Uh, future, do you know any Dutch? <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what are you, Principal Rooney's secretary when she doesn't know what to say to Ferris Bueller? <laughs> oh! Oh! <laughs> Worked for her, it worked for me, oh. that's all I can say. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, yeah, whatever. Let me get him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so whatever about that trade, because whatever. Um, 
so we were going to kind of wrap up here with who do you think won and who did do you think lost the trade deadline? And although they didn't do much, I would argue that Pittsburgh Penguins lost the trade deadline. They somehow got worse. Like they might miss Eric, the playoffs. Eric Goodbranson's not very good. No. And as good a coach as Mike Sullivan is, like, that blue line's kind of thin, and he might actually have to play Eric Goodbranson, because, I mean, he makes money, too. He's slotted like, in their second pair, as it stands. Who's he playing with? Marcus Peterson, who also doesn't have a lot of speed, so that's great. Um, I, I don't know, man. Like, that, that blue line... People talk about the Leafs having, like, issues with the blue line, man, and, like, I couldn't imagine having to watch Pittsburgh's blue line on a nightly basis. Like, Chris Letang plays, like, 30 minutes a night. When he's playing. And he, he shouldn't doesn't play much. That's, that's another thing. And he shouldn't have to, but he does. They're, they're missing Latang, they're missing Mata, they're missing Dumoulin. Okay, that's fair. You got injuries. Like, every team has to face that. But you don't plug the hole in the boat with a bigger hole. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's... Uh, it's a thinker. That's... I Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, sure. Listen, I I think this is kind of a stupid trade because out there are better defensemen that you could have made a deal for. Like, fuck, are you telling me that Pittsburgh would rather move Tanner Pearson to Vancouver to get Eric Goodbranson instead of trading, like, a fifth-round pick to Edmonton to get Alex Petrovic? Like, are you telling me Goodbranson is more, like, at, on that contract you'd rather have him than Petrovic? I just can't believe they got outbid on the Adam McQuaid sweepstakes. You know? Oh, fuck. Honestly, who would you rather have? McQuaid or Goodbranson? McQuaid. Because he's a free agent at the end of the year. Sure. Exactly. They're stuck with Goodbranson now. Yeah. How, what, what's his contract? I honestly think the Pittsburgh Penguins missed the playoffs now as, as a result of bringing in inept players I can't even spell to try to you know, get them across the hurdle. Because... Brings like, us to our next trade. Thomas Hurdle trade. No. They're sitting at 74 points, the last wildcard spot. Oh my god. They're tied with the Hurricanes, which, again, I, I, I don't know, like, I like the Hurricanes. I'm not saying that they're a lock. They could slip a little bit. Columbus is a point back. I like Columbus and what they did. And then you got Montreal, and I don't I don't see Montreal sliding out of the playoffs at this point. Like, I think they're firmly in that wildcard, uh, that first wildcard spot. And it's just me, the three Metro teams that kind of bounce around. And I think it's Pittsburgh that, that falls out. Next year... The Pittsburgh Penguins have $24 million tied up in Chris Letang, Justin Schultz, Brian Dumoulin, Eric Goodbranson, and Jack Johnson. That's wild, Maggie. Uh, over or under? I, I don't know. I, 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 th- I think the, the Penguins are definite losers on trade deadline day. Yeah. Um, which, you know what, and it's kind of funny to say, like, I thought a lot of teams had a good deadline. Like, overall, I think the Rangers... Are, are probably the clear winners of the trade deadline. They brought in tons of draft picks, didn't move any major assets, and have paved the way to kind of speed this rebuild along, I think. Like, now there's lineup spots where these younger players can play. Like, not no offense to Zuccarello and Hayes, but, like, you've got guys moving up the depth chart now because those guys are out. Adam McQuaid's sucking up minutes on your back end. Now you can put a young defenseman in that spot. You can give more minutes to Neil Pionk. You can do whatever you want to do back there. Um, another thing, because like even that's a, like another thing, like they were rumored to be possibly putting Neil Pionk out there as trade bait. They didn't move Neil Pionk. Like I think even that is like a win. I thought the Rangers had a good deadline. I thought, um, 
I, I, admittedly, I like what the Senators did. They didn't have much of a choice, but I think they did pretty good considering. I think Boston probably gets better. And you know what? Like, there's something to be said for not panicking. I kind of like Calgary's deadline. Like, I like the fact that they didn't do anything drastic. Yeah. Because... They like what they have, and... I'm not, again, I know I said I'm not entirely sold on Calgary. Like, don't get me wrong, they're really good, but I do think that is one of those teams, the more you tinker, the more damage you could do. And, you know, I think they have organizational depth. I think there are players there that can contribute. So I like the fact that they didn't blow it up and do anything dumb. That said, Zucker probably would have helped, but I don't think they're any worse off than they were the other day. Um... Carolina probably could have done more. They didn't do much. Um, they're they're going to kind of sit pat. But my, uh, my th- top those are my three, thoughts. My, my top three for the deadline, I'd have to say, is, is, is Vegas. Well, I, and that's kind of what I was getting to. I, I think your obvious winner, though, is Vegas. Yeah. Because they got the best player out of anyone on the trade deadline. And two years from now, I think they're still probably going to have the best player that was traded on this deadline. Right. You know, so I think they're... They're near the top. I, I really like what Columbus does, but I think a lot of what Columbus did yeah. will depend on it's how risky. they do. Yeah. So, if Columbus goes deep, then I think that maybe they are the, the winners of the deadline. Hey, they had to do this, though. They did. Like, they, they had so to. Now they have no choice. They're going to lose these guys, yeah. and then in a year from now, like, what were they actually going to get? Say they traded Panarin. What were they going to get? Like, even at best, let's say they get an Eric Brandstrom. He's not coming in immediately. No, I, so I you think still you have to retool Panarin, next year you'd regardless. You have to trade Panarin for a guy that's coming in the lineup right away. And then, but that's the thing: like you're not getting a guy of that caliber then, because if you're trading an NHL ready asset, you're, pro- you're probably not getting like a fucking Jack Rosovic in return or something. No, those guys are going to get hired. The only way to do it would have been for them to do it back in September to yeah. trade Panarin to someone and say yeah. like, "Hey, you're going to lose Stone, we're going to lose Panarin. Let's." You know, help each other out here a little bit. This time of year, these teams are hanging on to their good young guys, man. Because, like, in terms of, like, an Eric Brandstrom trade value level, you're basically talking about, like, Andreas Janssen. Mm -hmm. The Leafs aren't going to move a Janssen. Or a team that has a Janssen type are not going to move that guy if they're in the Panarin market. Yeah. Like, no team had anything to gain from this. Unless it was coming with an extension, like Mark Stone was. So, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. So, Vegas, Columbus, depending on how they do... And uh, for me, the other winner uh, is uh, the Hurricanes because anytime you can get poo out of your system, there it is coming out on top. There it is. Thank you. And in a high, you know, from from the bottom to the top. Started from the bottom. Now we're here. Yep. We are a real podcast now. That's a thinker. Six poo, six poo jokes in one episode. That's yep. that's what dignifies us. So. Yep. Okay. Uh, I think that's it. I think we, we well, got through no all trades, the trades, so, so I don't think there's any more. We, we managed to get through it. Um, yeah, thanks for playing along, folks. Thanks for joining us for the for the trade deadline that, you know, was four days ago, but whatever. Yeah. You can follow us on Twitter. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Clomper, Pocket Casts, uh, Anchor, wherever you want to go. Um, Spotify. Sure, we will be. We should be out next Friday. the The following week, we will probably be out very early. Um, but we'll see. We still have to kind of work that out. So, um, I am going on a on a trip. So, um, okay, okay. I'm good. 
You good? I'm good. Sorry about the Oscars, guys. Yeah, well, if you have a chance, if you haven't already seen it, definitely go out, watch Green Room.